Master Lee is here. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week, we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and as always, I'm joined by... Brandon Fitzpatrick. And we got another guest this week. You may recognize his voice if you're a listener to post-show recaps, to the Everything is Super podcast, to the uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers podcast. You've probably heard him uh, pop up in various other places. Uh, welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, Kevin Mahadeo. Hello, everyone. How is y'all doing after We're... watching this cinematic masterpiece? I'm pumped Kevin... up. Kevin, I'm great, and I'm really glad that we have you on to talk about this movie. I'm yeah. excited, but first I think we have some other stuff, but I'm so excited to get to this. <laughs> um, it's funny, literally as soon as Brennan and I ended the Skype last week, which we recorded on Skype, we stopped through Skype and we were G-chatting, yes we use G-chat, and <laughs> we were like, Kevin for next week? And we both said it like the same time, yeah. I was like, okay, yes, yeah, so we'll see if Kevin do wants it? to come on the podcast. Can I ask Kevin? Yeah. Right. I don't know even why <laughs> we think like I don't know why we both thought of you for this. Do you have any idea why like you I think came a lot of it I think it I think part of it came from Star Wars coverage and part of it came from just general movie takes and talking about movies he loves from his Lovecraft Country uh recaps back uh earlier this year with Latanya and Josh where Kevin and Latanya would just riff on movies they loved to distract themselves from recapping that TV show throughout that podcast. <laughs> that so, is an accurate yeah, representation of what that podcast became, yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like also, I mean, this was my, so I haven't even introduced the movie. So last week we mm. talked, last week we talked about <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians, and this week, based on a, a Michelle Yeoh connection, we will be discussing Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Then at the end of the episode, we will decide on our next connection based on suggestions sent in from the listeners and ones that us, your host and guest, brought uh, so we will be spoiling Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon when we get to it. So if you want to watch it, uh, it's on Stars, uh, Amazon. So if you have access to Stars, you can watch it there, or you can rent it or get it at your library. And if you want to jump ahead to the ladder connection section, check the timestamp of the podcast description. Uh, but you should just pause this podcast, go watch the movie, come back and listen to us because I have a feeling Kevin's going to come in on fire. Oh, that's a that's a that, that's a good thought to have here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Brendan said something very interesting when he said the uh, the Star Wars stuff. But we'll get to that when we Wait, get to it. Yes. Kevin, that's my note. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, I don't think we're I don't think we're gonna be laddering to Star Wars next week. Maybe, maybe, but um, yeah, I, I think so. I'd never seen this movie before, and I think the reason yeah. why you immediately came to mind as a guest for this is just because this is like. Feels like a, you know, feels like a comic book movie. Feels like the yeah. genre type stuff that you're known for talking about on post-show recaps. Um, and so I think it, it was just funny that we both had you top of mind that came as a guest idea. I think it, it's it's a good alignment. As, as we'll get into um, once we start talking about it, uh, I was familiar with this movie for sure. And I'm actually a big fan of martial arts films. So this was, this would, this was a good one to hit that I think would have good connections to things that are in my wheelhouse. Was this a first time watch for you, or had you seen this before? Oh, I've seen it before. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> so you'd, you'd seen it. I think, Brendan, this was your first time, right? Uh, this was my second time seeing it. Oh, I saw it back okay. in college when it first came out. Um, I don't believe I had revisited it since. Or if I if I had, it was probably, you know, in one of those nights where you're all sitting around and drinking and being like, we should throw something on. What about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, but, yeah, so I'm the only newbie to this movie. Yeah. Although now I've watched it one and a half times, so I did, did have time. I did have time to watch the first half again. 
Um, nice. But you, ran out of time. you made that choice of your own volition. Yeah. Sure uh, oh man. All right. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it better. I liked the first half. I might actually even finish the second half after this podcast. Uh, but we'll get there. Uh, all right, Kevin. So we gotta we gotta put you through the ringer first before we start talking about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So, uh, what was the best thing you watched this week? I hope this isn't like a cheat. It might be, <laughs> but I'm gonna go with it because, as you mentioned. Uh, I do the Everything is Super podcast over in post-show recaps, and we've been covering the Superman films. And so this week, we are doing Superman 2. Uh, and so for me, this is by far and away the best thing I watched this week. I'm a huge fan of the Chris Reeve Superman films. Uh, Superman's my favorite character. So watching that movie um, definitely took me back and uh, is a very special place in my heart. So for me, that that was the best thing I watched that week this week, especially contrasted against another superhero thing I watched this week. I won't say the name of it, but it's on Netflix, and it just came out. I've, I've heard. I've heard. Good. I've heard things. I've heard yeah. things. Uh, yeah, I, uh, your, your coverage inspired me to go and rewatch the first Superman last weekend. Uh, that's, oh. that's, I'm not going to say that's the best thing I watched, but I thought it was really good, Fair. much better than yeah. I remembered. Uh, and I, you know, I hadn't seen it since... I don't know, maybe high school, and it's it, it's there's a lot of things that really hold up in that movie. So yeah, uh, I'm excited to to join along for the because re- I've never seen any of the other Superman movies, so I've never seen oh, two you are three, in four. For a treat. <laughs> yes, I know there's a Richard Pryor one coming. I'm very excited oh, for yes. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's the thing with me is I, I I saw those movies a lot as a kid, but haven't really revisited any of the Reeve ones as an adult, and the first three especially sort of head blur in my brain where I can't really remember what happened in each one. So I'm really excited to go revisit all, all four of them. And I know four is bad, but I remember hey, I don't, don't loving tell me the that. cheesiness I don't of don't it as a kid. Because, I mean, it's, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I, yeah, Zach, I won't say anything. I, I, I'll i save it for my podcast, but yeah. I'm excited for you to experience these films. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. excited to love it and get mad at you while I'm listening. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Brendan, how about you? What was the best thing you watched this week? Yeah, so I watched a lot of movies over the weekend, and it's hard to say what the... Actually, it's really hard to say what the best thing I watched this week is, but if I have to pick one, I'm probably going to finish off my love letter to Richard Linklater and say Boyhood is the best thing I watched this week. Ah. Um, I have been doing, for my personal movie letter, the trek through the Richard Linklater experience with the uh, Before Trilogy and then finished it off this weekend with Boyhood. I really, really liked it. I thought that the way he filmed it was really, really impressive. The problem, I, the only problem I had with it is I wish that the child actor had been slightly better as a teenager. That's the risk you take when you cast that's him the for risk 12 you years take before. When you yeah. cast a kid and decide to follow him and film him for 10 years. But this kid, as a teenager, and maybe that's why it actually works, is because he's a shitty teenager. He's a real shitty teenager. And he's not an actor, and maybe that's the point. But um, I overall, I really, really enjoyed the movie, and I thought it was really well done. Um, I thought the performances by uh, Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke were both really, really great. Um, yeah, it's a it's a solid, solid coming-of-age movie. Um, definitely recommend people check it out if they haven't. I'm sure most of our listeners probably have seen Boyhood. So, yeah. I, uh, I saw it 
I've seen it twice now. First time I saw it, I had to pee so bad. And <laughs> the last half hour of that movie just felt like it was two hours that I was waiting. And I, it was like, it, I was in this Fair. weird theater. Uh, it was the theater in, um, it was like the M Street Theater, Brendan, by GW. Right. Um, and I, it was like, a, I was weirdly positioned in the middle of this row where I just could not get out without disrupting everybody else in the row. So there was no way for me to get out and use the bathroom. So I was I was stuck. And I was like, can this movie please think, just end? I think the pace of the film was also perfect for what I needed on that afternoon when I watched it. Because, you know, I, I sat down to watch it right after I got my COVID shot and got back to my apartment and just felt completely lethargic and didn't feel like doing anything. So it was the perfect movie to just sort of sit and watch and not really think too much about for two and a half hours. Yeah. It's a good experience. Yeah. yeah it was good. Yeah. And then following that up with the tree of life was also an experience. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to connect right <laughs> off for you. So <laughs> yes, that uh, tree of life. I also watched this weekend and that is my uh, best movie I watched nice. of the week. Um, I did not watch as many movies as you this weekend, but uh, so yes, Kevin, Brennan, and I both do our own personal movie ladder. So we do this podcast, I and we, love we do. Our, yes, yeah. it, it was an idea that uh, has been going for a few years, and it's there's just too many movies to decide what to watch. So you always have to just connect your next movie. Um, I like that though; it, it really does it's... give you like a guidance, right? Because otherwise, mm -hmm. you're just sitting there doing the endless scroll, which is something. Exactly. We're guilty yeah. of a yeah. lot. And, I then, think, yeah. and then you yeah. wind up just watching something you've seen 10 times instead of yep. something new. And my rule is that before I pick something I've seen, I really try to find something that I haven't seen yeah. to keep going with on my ladder so that I'm continuing to cross new movies off of my list instead of rewatching the same shit over and over again just because <laughs> it connects. Yeah. You know? No, uh, that, that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Um, like it's funny because there was uh, I can't remember what I was what how I connected to it, but I was watching Avengers: Infinity War, and that was not part of my ladder. I was just watching it. I think it was right before Endgame came out. And as I was watching, I was like, "Oh wait a second, this connects to my ladder." I'm like, and like I didn't even realize. I like backdoored my way into being able to connect both Infinity War, and then I just saw Endgame, and, and both were able. To, yeah. Um, <laughs> but Tree of Life actually was not on, I realized as I was talking about this Tree of Life not on my movie ladder I saw that as part of the Criterion Challenge which is another way mm -hmm. that I figure out what I'm going to watch um, it is a movie that I'd heard tons of people talk about I'd never seen it before Kevin I don't know if you've seen Tree of Life um, I haven't Terrence I've heard Malick. a lot about it I know I know Tree of Life and I haven't seen Boyhood either but I, I knew the conceit of Boyhood and mm -hmm. I liked the conceit of it right like and it's mm -hmm. one of those things where I like I just haven't had the, I don't want to say excuse to watch those movies, but like that's exactly what you're saying makes total sense, right? Because if you have this motivation, if you have like a ladder you're doing or you have something else like this challenge you're putting in, it'll let you watch films that was always you've been meaning to and just right. never got around exactly. to. Exactly. Yep. Trail Life actually has been on my watch list like as long as I've had a movie watch list. I mean, it, it, yeah. I've I'd heard because it was like ranked as, you know, best movie of the 2010s a while back and, mm. um, it's just one of those movies, you know, I know what Terrence Malick's style is, and you've got to be in the right mood for that, because it's exactly. very, it's slow and deliberate and, you know, lots of nature shots. Um, but this movie was just great. It felt like, it felt like there were elements of 2001 in it. Um, Jessica Chastain delivers, like, an amazing performance. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, and it was just like a, it was the kind of movie that, if it wasn't Terrence Malick, it would have just been kind of your generic coming-of-age story in the 1950s. Um but he just does such a good job of making the, just the style in the movie just play so well together. 
the, the so. thing about it with it for me was I didn't know that you could make a movie with Brad Pitt where he had zero charm at all. <laughs> and this movie pulled it off. Like, yeah. he's, but he still he's eats in this movie, in at least. Huh? There's still lots of Brad Pitt eating in this movie. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic in this movie, but he is like just unlikable. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> zero charm. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, one of the kids in the movie looks exactly like him. And I yeah, do not think it was his son, yeah. but it it's just either amazing casting, casting or it yeah. was his son and he's got a different Very name. But this kid looked exactly like I was like, lucky kid. He looks just like Brad Pitt. Yeah, not a, bad, not a bad way to go through life. Not a bad. Yeah, not a bad thing to have going for you as you head into adulthood as well. Just right. yeah, keep, <laughs> keep that track going for your kid. You're going to get through life fine. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Well, uh that so that's our best watches of the week so uh now we're gonna get into crouching tiger hidden dragon which uh you know may or may not be a best watch for people um but this movie from 2000 is directed by ang lee uh stars michelle yo and chow young fat mostly uh zhang z also um i don't know if i've seen zhang z in anything else what uh, well, well we'll we'll save that for my connection true yes that, i yes i'm them. jumping ahead um but you really, that's that's kind of the the big three roles in this movie. Um, and I don't even know how I would describe. I mean, Kevin, do you want to try to describe like what this movie is? Um, oh yeah, please. So good. I mean, this movie is essentially like it's doing the classic. Um, oh God, what is it? Wuxia, Wuxia style of martial arts cinema from China. Um, they're very. They tell they, they tell very personal stories, but use martial arts as a way of like telling that story, right? And like they have a lot of character depth, but there's a lot of. It's hard to classify them as slow moving, but a lot of them are. But these are things you 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 would see like Jet Li was huge in. This is how Jackie Chan. These are the type of movies he was really big in. Um, and honestly, though, the best way to describe this film is that it's kind of anime esque. Um, a lot of this type of martial arts cinema is, I think, very close to anime in terms of like how they do dialogue, how they do certain shots. Um, so really, if you're if you're imagining like a uh, I really don't want to say a cinematic anime, that's mm -hmm. what it's going for, mainly because I think anime is its own genre. And to say that, mm -hmm. you know, anime is not cinematic, it can be derogative. And I don't necessarily want to do that. But <laughs> I think that's overarching, like what this movie is and what this movie is trying to do. Um, and the simple plot is basically there is a really famous sword and someone steals it and things go from there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's, a, there's a marriage and there's a witch and there's yeah. a yeah. master. And there's I don't think she's actually a witch. I don't think she's actually a witch. Sorceress? They called her a witch. Something? They called her a witch. I yeah. think that's just because of the way she looked as well. That they were like, sure. a witch! And she's yeah. like, I just look this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting you say that it's similar to uh, anime because I recently saw Akira for the first time mm. a, few, a few months ago, which uh, I did not. I like this much more than I like Akira. And I think that's interesting. That, yeah, I think I'm on the. I'm, most people really like Akira. I just, it did not connect for me at all. Uh, but I, it reminded, like, there were elements of this that reminded me of it. Uh, even though it's like completely different movies. So um, I guess I, I'm glad to know I wasn't too off base to think that, uh, you know, there were, I got vibes of Akira from this yeah. movie. There's very much a, um, you know, when you, when you think of a lot of the movies that uh, you guys probably do and a lot of movies that a lot of us end up watching, right. They're very Western cinema influence. Mm -hmm. And this is very much Eastern cinema. There's just a, a certain style where it's 
in the dialoguing, in the explanations of stuff, in the way the characters act, how their personalities align with, I think, cultural stuff that is very different mm -hmm. from America, um, and like action beats that are very much of that style of film. And you don't just see it like it's anime, it's Chinese cinema, you see it in Bollywood a lot too. Um, there, there, there's very much a style of, of cinema that exists there that I, this falls into that is different from ours. And so that's sort mm -hmm. of where I think you see those echoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I mean this, so my thought, this is my first time seeing, I'm the only one who's, who was a first time viewer of this. Uh, and I think, you know, what I knew going in was that there was going to be some really great fighting and action scenes. Mm -hmm. And the, I don't know if I've ever seen action choreographed as well as it was in this movie. Those action scenes I thought were just so, they were like dancing with each other. And it was, <laughs> I, I thought it was just so interesting. And like, it didn't look, I mean, it didn't, there wasn't like a lot of computer generated imagery in there. And then like, it, it looked very practical uh, as much like so much that I was like, Oh, there's probably a string, um, you know, there's, but I, I don't know. I, there were a couple of uh, scenes, especially the fighting between, uh, between uh, Jen and between you. And they, their fighting was just like, I, I like jumped out of my seat at one point. I was like, oh man, that was sweet. Like when they're when they're kicking each other, they've yeah. got um, you know, their foot under each other. Like there were just like some really interesting moves in this that I I mean, since I don't watch a ton of martial arts movies, I just for me it was like so all new and I was just like, this is very cool. I can see why in two thousand this movie was so popular in the United States for people who probably aren't used to watching movies like this. Absolutely. And I think I think that's the key thing of why this movie is so unique and was so successful is that American audiences to a general generalization hadn't really paid attention to this type of movie to the degree that they did this one. I mean, this movie got awards that no movie like it had gotten before. It got acclaim and box office that hadn't really been seen since the Bruce Lee movies in the, in the 70s. As far as the Americanization of an Asian um, film, I think. I mean, Kevin can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's, you know, in, to a large part, we we ignored uh, Japanese and Chinese cinema for a really long time in American culture. And this sort of brought it roaring back in a really big way and a really unique way. And I know for me as a viewer, I, I had never really seen anything like this before when I first saw it. And I think it's really cool. And I think, it, I think like you said, the effects and the action sequences all still really hold up, yeah. for sure. Right. Uh, you're definitely 100% accurate. That's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is and what had happened. Um, this was you know, directed by Ang Lee, really bringing that style of cinema to American audiences and created a boom. Um, it is essentially similar to um, Slumdog Millionaire, which brought a <clears> Bollywood <throat> movie to America and exploded. And I really liked Slumdog Millionaire, but it was one of those movies when I saw it, I was just like, this is just a Bollywood film. Um, <laughs> and I think, so here's here's where, where Kevin gets very Kevin-y. And yeah. here's here's my situation, right? This movie came out, and I remember the first time I watched it, because it was it had this huge bunch. Everyone I knew was raving about it, talking about mm -hmm. this awesome movie came out, Crash of Tiger, Hidden Dragon, it has martial arts, and you're, I'm like, you're speaking my language. And so I watched this movie, and then like afterwards, I was like, am I crazy? Why? <laughs> Everyone's like obsessed with this film. I don't understand why. Because like for me, I had seen stuff like this before. Mm. Like right, having come from like loving martial arts cinema, I'd seen a lot of these echoes. I'd seen a lot of these things. So it wasn't 
super groundbreaking for me, one. And two, rewatching it now, I would have to say I've not really changed my opinion a lot. Uh, I think ultimately my biggest takeaway from this movie is that one, I don't think I like Ang Lee films because the only <laughs> Ang Lee film I think I've actually really liked that I remember liking was Brokeback Mountain, but I've only seen that once mm-hmm. when it came out. And now that I've seen other uh, stories of, you know, from the, the queer POV, I don't know if I would still have that feeling, you know, when I, mm-hmm. if I were to rewatch that film, I think my opinion might change on it. So I just think for me personally, maybe I just don't like his style. I feel like, He's big on certain like long shots and his dialogue that just doesn't really hit with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I think a big thing for me as we're talking about the martial arts, which is the important factor here for me. <laughs> you're like, Zach, you're an mm-hmm. idiot. That, the martial arts fighting was terrible. In this Here's movie. the thing. The <laughs> actual martial arts of this movie is phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. when they're actually fighting each other, like, you know, when Michelle Yeoh uh, yeah. and, and, and Zhang Zi are fighting, in, especially at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. those sequences are so, so good where it loses me. And this is my big issue with a lot of cinema that goes this far. It's, they call it wire foo, and it is yeah. on wires. Is that, for me, it goes too far into that. And what I don't like is the heavy floating aspect. Like, mm-hmm. we talk about the anime part of it, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, when anime does this, there's a solidness and speed to it that I think attributes to what they're trying to convey. And here, it just feels very soft nothing feels solid mm-hmm. so the the weight of it the literal weight of it doesn't hit me it's as hard gone. yeah 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 and, and that, I, that's how i felt with the treetop sequences like yes. that's right. exactly yeah. where the movie lost me last night rewatching it is everything else while outrageous and like magical at least felt real in a way or not like like super super realistic and then all of a sudden, you're grounding me back in the fact that they feel uneasy on the top of these treetops, when by all accounts up to this point, they shouldn't yeah, at right. all feel the weight of these treetops. They should just be fighting on top of the treetops, not swaying back and forth, afraid to lose their balance. I agree. I wrote down I hate sense. this scene. I, in my notes, I have sense. I hate this scene. <laughs> well, okay, but, so, so I, I will just say... The parts, the fighting parts that I liked mostly mm-hmm. were the fights between uh, between Yushin Lin and Jen, right? Like I thought their fights were all, especially to be two two female characters having these like incredible fights and like heavy, like total ass kicking um, yeah. battles against each other. But what I liked, and I didn't, I didn't really like the like floating. All the floating stuff just looked kind of silly, and that was kind of what I feel like that was, you know, what this movie was known for was was the kind of wire foo uh, that Kevin talked about. But I do like that as an other side of the coin that when Jen is fighting uh, uh, Mubai, and I think that's or Lee Mubai, when Jen is fighting him, it's the other. Like we're not getting these heavy battles; we're getting this like soft, pillowy fighting. And so it's it's interesting to kind of see these two masters that are trying to take her as an apprentice and just show these the kind of the kind of parallels between them and the the opposite. And so that's where I did I did like that as um, I really noticed it on the second watch that the fighting style is very different depending on who Jen is fighting. Mm. That's that's true. And, you know, I think we'll get to this in, in, when we get to connections at the end, because I actually based my connections on various aspects of this. And one of my connections nice. is 
the better version of what they did here. And especially what you're talking about, where the fighting style varies and even the floating stuff varies depending on the fights in the movie. And I think for me, the other movie did it a little more engagingly mm -hmm. um, versus this film. But like, yeah, the actual martial arts stuff is great. Like, yeah. the, the, like yeah. even in the, you know, well, if you're going to be in a, in a tea shop, you're going to have a fight, obviously. Oh, That's oh, how it yeah. works. The tea shop is amazing. Arts. I love, like, all the guys that just come storming up the stairs with their various weapons. Various weapons. Yeah. So, like, like an anime! It's, yeah. it's exactly amazing, like an yes. Anime. I mean, you have to have the big fat guy with the two giant ball <laughs> yep. ha ball hammer things. You have to have that guy. Um, I mean, it's, like, it's amazing. It was so much like an anime. It was great. Well, in addition yeah. to being, like, an anime, there's a lot of elements of Western movies in this as well. Absolutely, so I watched a yeah. whole bunch of Westerns earlier this year, Kevin, and... I feel like this scene in the tea shop is like straight out of a Western getting thrown off of the balcony, like in mm -hmm. the, especially the, like they literally call it the Western stuff where they're out in the desert um, yeah. where dark cloud shows up, you know, that, that all reminded me so much of a Western movie. And I know that there's, there's ties between, you know, samurai and Western movies yes, and they're very exactly. similar. And so it was, it, you know, it was, it was that same kind of vibes that I was getting from this. Yeah. It sort of felt like a reclaiming of that, genre being taken and used and sort of angley's way of sort of trying to take it back you mm -hmm. know what i mean be like yeah actually i'm gonna take this back to where it originally came from and hopefully you'll like it and i i, I did i think you, i think you did that really well yeah um, i don't know if i liked it necessarily because again i think for me it's just angley's style but have you seen life I, of, i'm sure you've seen life of pie right and yes you, you don't like life of pie either no, I really like the, that's the other thing too. I read the book Life of Pi and I actually really like the book a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that also colored my opinion of it. I think mm -hmm. I probably, I liked it more certainly more than the Hulk. Um, I, <laughs> I, I've seen Gemini Man, did not like that. Uh, <laughs> Gemini Man in the trailer looked so good and I was really excited to see it. Yeah. And I think when it came out, it was, I'm not a big fan of high frame rate, but I was like, you know what? I'll give high frame rate a chance for Gemini Man because I want to see like what they do with it. And I think when it came out it was like right when Movie Pass stopped working, and yeah. so I was like, oh, I guess I can't go see that. Um, <laughs> I feel actually uh, maybe not because that's 2019, so this was like, post Movie Pass, so I don't know why. AMC I didn't movie, you know? Yeah, I don't. Maybe I just never got. It. Maybe it was like I was excited for it, and then I just started seeing everybody saying it wasn't any good, and I. Uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, it that's, came that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Life of Pi is the only movie I've ever watched in 3D at home. I remember I had a 3D TV, I had the little glasses <laughs> sitting at the coffee table, and it was, it was like, on demand on 3D, and I was like, I'm going to get it. It actually was not, I'm, again, not a huge fan of 3D, but I thought uh, Life of Pi was interesting in 3D. I thought visually I liked that movie a lot. Um, and he has, I think there's a lot he does with visual style that is cool. I <laughs> will admit that, right? Um, but it's just the stuff around it that I, and I think, it, it, I really feel like, my biggest problem is that I'm colored by all the other stuff I have I have seen and it's seen since. Mm -hmm. Because, like, when you look at stuff where, like, even when it shows up, it's just like, uh, with a, the, when you find out it's a cop and you're just like, you know, uh, oh, yes, I'm a police officer that's been chasing, that's been chasing Jade Fox. Here's some backstory about why I've been chasing Jade Fox and what, and you're like, <laughs> yep, that's anime. And the same thing is yeah. like, you don't recognize me, Jade Fox, but you did kill my master. And I'm like, yep, that's, that's an anime too. And yep. even... When the desert scene you talked about, which actually I definitely want to talk about that at some point, um, mm. but the desert scene also felt like out of an anime. Like when he goes in and, and, and sees her again inside her room, right, and, and like holds on to her, that's yeah. like that episode just ended, and then the next episode started. The next episode is a flashback 
you know, mm. to how they met. And that ran for 20 minutes. It felt a lot longer than me, but it ran for like a 20 minute flashback in the middle of a movie to essentially establish this backstory for these characters that we just right. met. Mm -hmm. um, and it is very much, again, like that would be anime. You know, that, that's how they would do this if it, you're watching an anime series. It, mm -hmm. it was a little long, but I also thought that at least the beginning part, like it definitely lost steam once they got to the cave. But everything leading up to that as they're riding through the desert and the theft and the the fighting on horseback, all of that worked for me. But yeah, I, I agree, like the development of their romance in the cave just takes way too long. It's like we're well, gonna now also, spend ten minutes. It's super problematic. It's, yeah, yeah, I was gonna it, it, like as I was watching it, I was like I was like, Oh, he kidnapped her and now yeah, they're yeah. uh but I guess yep. they're love. it's like a what I is that? Like Capter Syndrome yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, well, Stockholm could have, Syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I think a year ago I wouldn't have liked the horseback riding uh, cage stagecoach being robbed stuff, but having just seen so much of it, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I was like Leo yeah, in the Leo in the chair pointing. I was yeah. like, oh, this is, this is the Western stuff. Um, I, I guess I meant to bring this up earlier, and this is um, – and I don't know if this is the right time to bring it up, but I'm going to talk about it because we started talking about their romance. So the end of the movie, uh, Jen jumps off the mountain to grant the wish to Lo. Yeah. And his wish is that they're back in the desert together and, you know, they are probably more so back in the cave together than back in the desert. Um, but as especially because I just restarted this movie, like, as soon as it ended to try to watch some of the beginning stuff again, mm -hmm. I am wondering if the wish was actually that Chiang Fat's character was uh, still alive. And I wondered if the beginning of this movie was he, he was, like, reborn at the beginning of this movie um, and he was in this cycle of she brings him back to life, but he dies, and she brings him back to life, and it's like this time loop. Am I oh, completely weird. off base? I, are we in a time loop movie? Are we in um, a time loop movie? Because, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it that That's That's really interesting. <laughs> I did not think about it that way at all, though. So do you uh, think, so what, so what do you think the end is then? The end is just her jumping off to uh, have them, I mean, back in the desert to me is like, well, they were back in the desert in the past. So it's almost like, you know, I'm thinking about this as like a, I don't know, like a any kind of time loop movie. And we've covered some of those on those podcasts. Well, I feel like for, for me, it, this is where also the, the movie gets very Academy Awardy, which is like, you just got to kill mm -hmm. your characters because that's how you mm -hmm. win Academy Awards. Um, and I think, because like the whole thing about jumping off the cliff, right, is the the reference he they make in the desert. It's it's when they're there underneath the stars, the the moment he's talking about. And I think he said that because he's wants to be back, telling that story versus what he sees is about to happen when mm -hmm. the story was just a story. Because mm -hmm. the story's ultimate goal was that, or, or moral was that like this person made a wish, but because they were so pure of heart when they leapt off. They never fell, right? Like the, the they they floated uh they floated off and they never hit the ground. And and that purity of heart, I think, is the key thing. And this ties into Jen as a character, which also like for me, I wrote down like, does Jen do anything right in this movie? And I don't think she does. <laughs> she makes just bad decisions left and right. But like you have this moment where his, you know, um uh, Mubai's wish was to like send her to like train because mm -hmm. he thinks that she's going to end up being a bad person, you know? So it's like his Batman way of saving, you know, like Dick Grayson and Jason Todd from becoming the Jokers to have them be Robin and take care of them or have them become himself even. Um, so that's what he wanted. And at the end, you know, um, uh, Michelle Yeoh's character is escaping, the name is escaping me, but uh, she tells her, 
yeah, uh, tells her go, go, you know, and 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 meet him there, and like the right. choice is now going to be yours. So she's mm-hmm. in this situation where does she feel worthy? Does she feel like she can be saved? Because mm-hmm. that's the whole thing is that like she led to his death. She did mm-hmm. all this stuff. It, it, does she have a pure heart? And she doesn't even know, and she doesn't think she does. So the leap off the mountain is her essentially facing the truth about herself. And I, I feel like that's what that ending was. That's yeah, she's that, taking that leap of faith, <laughs> right? And like we're not left with a full answer, right? Because mm-hmm. like it's sort of like this floating moment, but like it's also that's how you would look when you plummet to your death. Right. Um, so it's left like that, and 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 I think thematically that that makes sense but i also had such a problem with the character of jen uh because again i'm like you are just making all the worst decisions <laughs> right. That, right, right. that you know her jumping off wasn't i mean like no one should do that but like mm-hmm. it was just one of those moments Definitely where i'm not. like i, I guess yeah. i feel bad <laughs> yeah um yeah i just i guess i don't know there's things i caught and it's probably the effect of like just having this movie literally be a loop where I started it right back from the beginning. Right. But uh, there, there were references, you know, there's references to the antidote at the end of the movie with the poison Mm -hmm. dart that, you know, there is no antidote and Mubai says there always is an antidote. um, Or actually it was a Yusha, uh, uh, Yusha Lin said that, but there's also earlier where there's like the, the five finger death punch that, that paralyzes uh, Bo and, like then when Mubai comes in, he does like the reverse five finger death punch and unparalyzes him. So that's an antidote as well. So I did wonder if her jumping, she'd brought, she'd gotten a connection to these people who were trying to be her mentor. And this was the antidote to save them and her, and she was sacrificing herself to have them be alive. But it's like, be careful what you wish for. They're not, they're not brought back in the present. They're about, you know, they're just like re reincarnated back to the beginning of the movie. And they, uh, uh, yeah, I might be the only person in the world with that read on it, but I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. I mean, well, it's what... definitely an interesting theory, right? <laughs> it's yeah. an interesting theory. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I sound like my brother with these theories right now, but well, that's well, all right. Let's talk, let's talk about the overall plot arc of the movie and our mentor characters and our wannabe apprentice. Um, Kevin, I think this is where you and I had the same note, um, but I don't know which side of it you're going to come from. But stop me if you've heard this before. So a young apprentice who is a troublemaking youth is recruited by an old master to join a sacred order and is given a, takes a special sword, but at the same time is tempted by the dark side of an evil sorcerer slash empress. And the struggle for that character is between whether they are going to choose the light side or the dark side. I'm talking about the Star Wars prequels. Yep. <laughs> this film basically does in two hours what George Lucas could not do in three prequel movies. And it does it better. I, you know, I, the thought crossed my mind as I was watching about like the, the, the saving, you know, saving her from going to the, the from being evil, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, that thought did cross my mind, and I think that led me to where I was. One, I loved it that we both had that that read for a moment. But for me, I also, unfortunately, and this ties back into, like, my own personal taste, right? Like, I notoriously don't like the prequels, but it also reminded you don't. me... I've never heard yeah. that. <laughs> who who knew? Um, but it also... The Star Wars connection is that a lot of this movie reminded me of the prequels in terms mm-hmm. of... 
again, the, the stylistic influence, there's a slowness to it, right? The pacing of it. Um, I think George Lucas was trying to draw influence from some of this stuff, but again, did it badly. Uh, because like you even have moments, and this is, again, I think part of Eastern cinema, where like even dialogue moments, everyone is sitting and talking. There's not like that uh, Sorkin-esque walk and talk that you see in, in Western cinema often, right? There's the, the sit down and discussion while having tea or, you know, while meditating. A lot of the, the, the dialogue and talking happens when people are still. And that's something you see in Star Wars and the prequels that I didn't like, because I was just like, just move your hands. I don't know, do something with your hands. Um, so... <laughs> So, like, those parts of it felt like Star Wars to me. And as a person who doesn't like the prequels, I think I saw that influence. And again, I think there's a I think there's a director thing. I don't know. Like, it's not going to hit yeah. for everyone. Lord knows Lucas doesn't. But, like, I think Ang Lee just isn't my guy for it versus, like, mm. other people who I've seen do this style. But, like, yeah. And I think that's the other thing, too, where I'm like, man, they did Anakin dirty in the prequels. I'm like, Jay, uh -huh. or, um, you know, Jen, you come on. Come on, Jen. Just do something's <laughs> right, you know? Yeah. Hey, you know what? She yeah. she didn't end up getting married to her uh, arranged marriage. So yeah. that's yes. one that's one point that's for her. That's a good thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's funny you're talking about the prequels because I got vibes from the prequels watching this, too. I got vibes from, like, all the Star Wars stuff, especially all the talk of, you know, Apprentice and mm -hmm. all yeah. these people trying to take on Jen as a, as a disciple because, you know, she's yeah. special and she's this great fighter. Uh, and I am, you know, I am curious, too, if... Uh, in terms of her abilities, right? Like she's fighting even back when uh, the stagecoach is being robbed yeah. in the West, in the desert. Yeah. And I'm assuming that is before she started reading the, yeah, the text. Yeah, she has untapped potential. She has right. untrained powers. Like right. Her Just powers like Anakin, exactly. Surpassed, yeah. yeah, her powers surpass that of both of the masters that are trying to train her. Like, yeah, it's uh, insane. Well, I don't know. She does lose to... Uh, Mubai no, she almost... does lose, but I mean, she has powers that they don't know where they came from. Yeah. Or, and you know. and they're fighting over yeah. a magical sword. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, the, the special moment by the lake on, in, on Naboo is, you know, very uh -huh. similar to the special moment under the stars that they want to go back to yep. the desert. So. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Tatooine, deserts, it's all there. It's all, it's all there. Together. Yeah. It's and all this there. Was, so this was 2000s. So this was a couple years before the prequel. No, no, this was after... What was 2000? What was this? Was this in between was a Phantom year Menace? After, a year after Phantom Menace and a year before Attack of the Clones. So. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So Still time to write that stuff 98 in. 98 or 99. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 99. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, 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 I, I wrote, yeah, I, when I made that connection in my brain last night, I immediately went, oh my God, I'm so happy I have Kevin on the podcast. Well, so and the. <laughs> the, the sword, Green Destiny. Yep. Uh, green it's, a, it's all about yeah, the Destiny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it does she seem wants like the chosen one. Right. She, it does seem like the training um on the mountain mm -hmm. is like where, you know, that's your Jedi training. You become, yep. you know, you have this untapped potential, you have ability for the force. And I mean, again, Star Wars like Westerns borrows a lot from samurai movies. And I wish I had more of that samurai background to know if there's you know, what elements of samurai movies are in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, but you know, the fact that we're bringing up Westerns, we're bringing up Star Wars, um, you know, like I'm sure there are, there are influences from Kurosawa in this. There's definitely, again, I think it's cultural themes, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, some, it's something with, again, Eastern cinema and Eastern philosophy and, and culture has a lot about like duty and service and 
uh, duty and service over love and connections. And that's a big plot point, you know, uh, in this film, um, you know, surrendering your life to, to, to war and fighting versus wanting to leave that life. And where does your duty lie? And what, mm. you know, what can you have? What can you not? Um, you know, uh, you have, you know, the two main characters who are very clearly in love with each other, finally admitted in this only to have it lost. And it's just like, mm. well, you know, if they had if they had given up duty earlier, would would something else have 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 happened to them? You know, there's a but, lot of that Mub- set in there. Mumbai, and that was another. I think that's another reason why my like uh, triggers were going off for this uh, this time circle thing because Mumbai talks about how he can't escape. He said he's tried to leave being a warrior. He's tried to leave the world of fighting and he just is constantly he keeps getting brought back in the you know the sword is stolen and so he he was trying to retire and be out of the game basically that's what destiny means like i mean you you can't outrun your destiny that's Mm -hmm. more what it is you know i mean you're we're all in in a lot of these films you're you're fated your fate is your fate and you can't escape it no matter how hard you try and so Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's that's one of the recurring themes throughout these sorts of films Mm -hmm. Um, another theme in this, which is a theme that's come up a lot on movies that we've done, especially this year, and, you know, maybe it's just a theme that's in a lot of movies, is the idea of parents, lineage, um, mm. you know, dynasty. Both uh, Jen, you know, her father is uh, Governor Jen, Governor Yu, um, but also mm. Yu Shin Lin. They do talk about that, you know, the company that she runs, the security company that she runs, is uh, was started by her father. Mm. Um, and also we had the police officer and his daughter. Yeah. Uh, and I believe there were a couple other like parental figures. I mean, there is Jen's mother who sort of plays a role in this movie, but isn't in it too much. Um, so we're getting we're getting parentage again as a theme in a movie that yeah. we're covering. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's interesting too because like that's to go back to the Star Wars of it all, right? <laughs> like the idea of like parental figures not being present or being able to you know do what you know not 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 raise you right, but like you know what I mean, like not having those figures in your life that you can connect to was a big problem mm-hmm. for Anakin. And here you have, you know, these parental figures coming to Gen Yu to try and essentially establish this connection almost, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can help you. Let me take you under my wing. Um, she she directly refers to her as a sister, you know, multiple yeah. times. Again, very, very quick to, 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 for me to be like, <laughs> you jump from this to sister? Okay, I guess that's, that's fine. There's a lot of emotional connections that I feel like happened very quickly again i think that's part of the cinema um Mm. some of it didn't work for me i do think the actors did a phenomenal job but i Mm -hmm. think similar to you know just since it's here to star wars i think sometimes i didn't feel the emotional strength of certain things that i feel like like i knew what they were going for but it hit me as hard Mm -hmm. as like some other movies that i've seen uh one of which actually again is on the list but (laughs) we'll get to that when it gets here (laughs) it's nice how much you foreshadowed your list of i don't know how much like our lists always get foreshadowed so it's nice i guess sometimes there's like a movie that will come up a couple times yeah like they're like like on some episodes it'll be like we'll talk about some movie it'll just like come up and then all of a sudden it'll be the one that we connect to um But it's, yeah, it's good that it's good that your list is being hyped up so much. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of Jade Fox as a villain? Oh man, Jade! Fo- oh geez, when we talk about anime characters, right? Jade Fox comes out looking like straight up out of anime with the wild Absolutely. hair. She's like having the hat on to like fake as she's like walking, like straight up anime esque villain right there. So Evil cool. cackly. I love it. Um, yeah, like if there's there's various things I don't like in this movie, but I 
I am all for Jay Fox. I, I love the, all of the weapons. The like, weapons, the delivery of lines that she like she was like, she's the, I mean, Brendan, you did this and now we're in it. We're in it and we're in it deep. She is the Emperor Palpatine yes, of this. That's what she I'm saying, Kevin. Chewing the scenery too, right? Just yes. like um Ian uh, McDermott. Uh, yes, Ian McDermott. I got it. Uh, with like <laughs> chewing the scenery. Jade Fox is doing the same. And I, yeah. I and I think it really works. Um for sure. Like I I I I love yeah. the Jade Fox of it all. She's cackling and she's evil and she's amazing and she's just like <laughs> And she you suck. Didn't read the instruction <laughs> manual, but she looked yeah. at the pictures of the instruction manual. So like she has like seventy five percent knowledge. Yeah. She's done the IKEA yeah. build, but she's she wasn't actually able to read the magic and the you know and how to how to become uh, one of these great warriors. So that's why she's you know she's beatable. But yeah. she also plays so dirty that she's able to, you know, with the with the poison darts that she's able to take out so many people. She, she got one Mubai. part of the Schwartz and Jen got the other. And right. <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, speaking of the the weapons, though, uh, another thing yeah. about martial arts that I love is weapons. I love <laughs> I love weaponry. I love like different types of weapons. Like we talked about the scene, they show up at the tea shop and everyone had yes. like different weapons. Super into that. Uh, when they have their fighting in the dojo and like- in the training just, room, yeah. That's... Yeah, and just grabbing- oh, the dojo ball. scene was so good. Uh, yeah, so like, that was- yeah. One of my favorite moments and I was so glad for the comic relief moment because we kind of needed more comic relief in this film is when Michelle Yeoh goes back to pull the giant staff thing and it's like she's trying, and she's trying, and it's too heavy for her lift. Yep. And she's like, F it, and like has to go grab another weapon. Like, usually in any other film, she would have just been able to swing that. Yeah. And like, this movie took the time to be like, look, you can't just use every weapon, no matter its size. You actually have to fight with weapons that you're capable of fighting with. Right. So and there's a I, scene that's similar to that where um, one of the fights early on, mm. one of the guys, I think it's Bo, he's like swinging. I don't, it's like a giant nunchuck, basically. It's yeah. like a like a, a staff with another staff attached to it. And mm. um, and Jen steps on it. This is when Jen's in disguise. She steps mm. on it and he's trying to pull it back. And then she lifts her foot up and it pops him back in the face. And it was just yeah. like such a natural way for that to happen. And yeah. that that was one of the, the, the spots. I, I didn't watch this movie completely alone. In my apartment by myself, and I'm just like, oh man, that was great. Like there, were, and like verbally, you know, when you watch a movie alone, you're not often like, if it's funny, you might laugh out loud. But a lot of times, you're just laughing internally. And like, I don't have that reaction when I'm watching a movie. And there were so many moments in this fight where, where, you know, a character would do something, and like the the reverse move would just be like so unexpected, but would mm -hmm. make so much sense. Or they're running up the wall, and then. Uh, and then you throws the like throws a rock from the wall at her. It was just like stuff that just like, you know, it's like a video game where you can actually interact with your environment um, yeah, more yeah. than just just being like a Street Fighter game, basically. Hundred so. percent. And and you know, even to the point like that sort of stuff, I did really like. Right, like all the little again, the, the actual martial arts are so good. And mm -hmm. I feel like for me, it's. I think the overuse of the the floating is is mm -hmm. where it is. I think a little bit of it is okay. Like when they're actually yeah. fighting, you know, after she's in disguise uh, and she's on the you know on the run with 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 the sword. Yeah, uh, doing the, the rooftop. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like when uh, she's trying to like float away and like grabs grabs her with the leg, like all that mm -hmm. stuff is really cool. I think what 
gets me is when it's on the rooftop and it is just like it's slow floating also right like because anime mm-hmm. they do like flash steps where they just move really fast and they're mm-hmm. like jumping from place to place and it looks really cool and also how they take off because like yeah. it, like again the weight of i think like bracing your foot and then going up is like a very anime thing right like you see them shift their their weight to their to, to, to the ball of their foot and yeah. then they're up into the air versus this where it's just like literally just float off the ground like yeah. like they're, get, they're like, like the, in anime you get like the super freeze frame with the zoom in on the foot and the yeah. sound effect and it's like you're then you like see them launch into the air like it's a very stylized thing in anime a lot of times for something like that so it's, mm-hmm. yeah and i yeah. think just seeing them literally like float up into the air like like they're flying was really just felt odd to me because it's also if you can fly when it's just like take this horse and go i'm like you can probably move faster if you can fly it it wasn't it wasn't clear to me when you can fly like the the actual rules around the powers that they have or lack of powers that they have um but i just yeah that that stuff i just kind of was like okay well it's like it's like magical realism and some of it is uh is magical and some of it is just you know they're they're more grounded and they're fighting um I think the music during the fight scenes too, like the drumming score that they have yeah. just also gets you really pumped up. Um, and then the music during the dramatic scenes, I was like, what is this music reminding me of? And it, for the longest time, I thought it was Game of Thrones. Um, mm. But I realized that the, actually like there's elements like that, that like cello and orchestral music reminded me of Fargo season four and well, Fargo in oh, general, wow. but like Fargo season four. And it took me until like halfway through the movie and I was like, I kept getting notes from something else. Like it was like I was drinking a glass of wine and I was getting like, you know, notes from some fruit. And I was like, what is this music? But it reminded me, I don't know. It reminded me of Fargo, which is yeah. a very strange connection to make. That is very odd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know I need to watch the the Fargo series. Specifically, I know the first season is, is uh, yeah. you know, um, critically acclaimed. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those ones that are on my list. But now I'm like, what music do they have on Fargo? Season? Well, have you seen, yeah. you've seen the Fargo movie, too? Yeah. I mean, the, the, it's, it's like the that slow dude. orchestration. Yeah, thing. it's like the yeah, slow, the... like, overture type. But it's just yeah. The, yeah. just some of the notes were similar um, in the way it was played. And it's it was just like it was giving me vibes from that. Um, but if you do watch Fargo season four, I have podcasts uh, for every episode that I did <laughs> last year. <laughs> um mm. All right, so I had a couple other questions uh, yeah. before we get into feedback. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to, like, note before? Uh, well, I'm sure yeah. things from feedback usually spur other discussion, but anything else that is on your list that you want to make sure we touch on? I mean, if you, had to, if you had to take one fight scene out of this movie, like, and just implant it into every awesome action movie, martial arts movie going forward, which one are you taking? Because I think yeah. That was I one of the questions the on my list. Yeah. I think I know the answer, um, and I kept going back and forth in my head as we've been having this discussion. Um, I really, really love the opening theft of yes. the sword and the chase through the village. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think it's the dojo scene. Like, I want that scene just between the two of them. I, I want that fight, like, in every movie. I want to fight like it, because it's what, so cool. What was your What was your best fight winner, Kevin? Yeah, same. I think that dojo fight takes it for me. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, having two female characters, right, in especially a martial arts film, in a Chinese martial arts film, uh, yeah. have a scene like that. Like that's that's the Matrix scene between Keanu and 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 Morpheus, right? Yes. Like yep. that's it's your two moment. scenes. Because yeah. they get the opening one and they get this. So I mean, it's like incredible. Yeah, yeah. and like this one especially, I think the level of again using different mm-hmm. weapons is so so cool. 
Um, it, it reminds me, um, along with the, oh man, there was another one I was going to go with, but beyond Morpheus and Neo, but now it's, I'm blanking on it. But like, it, it, it's just a scene that you're so used to seeing between two male characters and to have like two female characters mm-hmm. do it is extra awesome. But then the weapons exchange is great. Like seeing like the different weapons being grabbed. Oh, I remember Forbidden Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Um, I loved Forbidden Kingdom. Uh, but like that had the fight between Jackie Chan and Jet Li in it, like a long-awaited mm-hmm. fight, and it was awesome. But like it in it, you get to see them shifting between different styles, right? Like you see Jackie Chan do Drunken Master because he knows that, and you see um, you know uh, Jet Li go into Tiger style, which is awesome. And then they they switch and they counter, like each one changing. And it's similar to this, where you're seeing like these different weapons being grabbed. Like to be fair, she has the 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 Jade Green Dragon, Jade Dragon, yeah, uh, Jade uh, Jade Fox. No, no, no! Sorry, the, the sword oh, is like the green oh, the dragon. Green destiny. Green, green destiny. destiny. There you go. Yes. Uh, Again, and that's green, green, green dragon is the is the inn in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> green dragon is also a hot sauce from Trader Joe's yeah. that you can get. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the green destiny, yeah. uh, obviously, like smashing through and slashing through all these different mm. weapons, uh, is is cool. But like, I love that exchange. Sorry, I went in a whole ram because I love that scene so much. It's the contrast to every negative thing I've said. This is the positive that scene. Well, this is this is where movie, my it? next question Fortress? is going to lead. Go what ahead. was the movie, Kevin? Forbidden Fortress. Forbidden Kingdom. Forbidden, Forbidden Kingdom. Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So this is where this is a natural segue into my next question. Then, Kevin, is that did did this movie even need Chalion Fat to be in it? Because you could have given everything, every aspect of his character to Michelle Yeoh, and it's the same movie, right? Well, you don't get the love story though. Right. That's actually where my question was going to be for you guys is that which which do 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 both love stories work for you? Um, Because I think one does and one doesn't. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I don't think the one with uh, Dark Cloud and Jen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that he gets her out of her arranged marriage, but it's and it's like the there's interesting stuff with him kidnapping her but it's just it's weird that he kidnaps her and she's like supposedly very young um and he's yeah. this cowboy and then uh and then she's like oh actually i'm in love with you even though i'm being forced to be here i, I will say that the desert scene felt like it was an idea that was added later because they didn't have enough story but i also know that animes but i also know that animes can feel like that way sometimes too where oh they definitely added this episode because they needed to pad out you know the season except filler episodes yeah well and it happens i mean it happens almost exactly halfway through this movie it happens at like 59 minutes um and it's like when i rewatch i got right up to that to that flashback starting and then ran out of time and Mm -hmm. so it's it does split this into kind of two movies which i always like when a movie feels like that and you can really differentiate like not just like a three-act structure but a first half and a second half Mm -hmm. um and I will say, because I didn't get to answer, but my best fight was the thief fight in the beginning. Okay. Um, so, Sorry that we, we jumped it, over So we all have the same top two. I'm just the reverse. Because the thief sure. fight was like the first one. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. This whole movie is like this, which is what I was expecting. I thought there was going to be a lot more fighting in this movie than there was. And so the downtime, I was kind of like, fighting. I felt like just like a you know dumb movie watcher where I'm just like, yeah, but when are we going to get back to the fighting? Like, uh-huh. I, I don't, I don't about care that, about the drama. <laughs> like, yeah. give me the give me the fights. Um so, and yeah. I, I think that's the other aspect that makes the treetop scene so effing disappointing is you have all this build up to that training slash fight between, um, you know, Lee, me, uh, Lee Bay and 
Um, and Jen. And Jen, and then it's nothing. Like, it's just, they're they're awkwardly trying to fight each other while losing their balance on top of trees. And yeah, just, but I felt like that was the magic. It, it, didn't work. Was like it just was, didn't work. It was like, he was giving her the training to be magical and be able to... But he could be, barely uh, stand up there himself. So what he, what's he training her to do? Like, he should have... If that, if that was the point, then he should have been perfectly confident standing there. And her be the one almost falling. And the floating well, between the trees yeah, I was not as into. Just, uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't okay. work. I, I liked it as like the alternative to the heavy fighting that we were seeing earlier, but it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely not like my favorite scene, not but it does, I mean, it's, I liked it better when they got to the top of the tree, when they're going through the trees, I was kind of like, they look, mm. there were parts where I was like, oh, that's definitely a screen behind them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I did say like, oh, they look very practical most of the time when it didn't look practical, it was not practical. Um, all right, so my question for you guys is, what was the best weapon? And Kevin, you started talking about weapons. What, did you have a favorite? Well, you have to pick a favorite weapon. I'm not asking, I'm telling. Oh, my gosh. Because oh, I have one gosh. that I thought was awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I'm always a big fan of giant maces. So I did yeah. like that, the two guys with two maces. That definitely comes from, I think, my influence from Hindu culture, where there is a uh, deity that uses a giant mace, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hanuman, yeah. I'll just say, uh, if you... I've seen Black Panther. They reference him in that movie. Um, but he uses a giant mace. I'm a sucker for swords. So there's definitely a few uh, at the uh, during the, the the training room slash dojo fight scene that are picked up. But I always love a good sword. Um, I don't necessarily always love like how the the Green Destiny and like certain um, uh, Chinese martial arts sword are, where it's like straight and has like the the, the dual sided look to it. But I loved how it was that those were used in this movie. Um, scimitars I'm a huge fan of uh, sucker for katanas which weren't in this what's a but, scimitar uh, so a scimitar is like where you see it a lot of Middle Eastern movies where it's like thinner here and it gets big, thicker as yeah. it goes up and it oh, has yeah. like okay. that curved point mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah like the Aladdin sword basically yes that's exactly yeah, what it is that's exactly what the yeah. Aladdin sword. Yeah, I'm a yeah. sucker for, for weapons I watch Forge and Fire for this very reason so I can oh, see them make weapons <laughs> Yeah, um, I really loved uh, Jade Fox's double-bladed weapons that, like, were, like, the small curved, um, what do you call them? The, with, the, with the curved blade thing and the wooden handles, and she's, like, fighting with those, and those are badass. And I, like tonfas, but, but yeah, bladed. Yeah, but bladed. Those were really, really awesome. Um, and then, like, she gets the guy at the end with one of them, you know, the, the dad, the cop. Like in the face. And the well, ring. okay, so that, yeah. So I think we're talking about two different weapons here because that was my favorite. Was Inspector Size? Like, I don't know what they were. They were like oh, hand. That? They were like hand plate frisbee yeah. things that were oh, blades. Okay. They were, and they he were was able to okay. use them like yeah, Wolverine yeah. claws, but also like defensively. And he ends up it ends up killing him. She throws one at him. She catches. He throws it at her. She catches it and she throws it back at him and kills him. But that weapon, I just thought there was so much interesting yeah, stuff they do with that. Fun. Between that and like the giant staff with the blade on the end and the mm-hmm. pole on the other, and it was like a three person fight, um, which we haven't even really talked about that scene. But that um, and that I did write down where that was because I caught that one. It's Yellow Hill was where they met for that fight um, because that's a I noted that as a connection to last week's movie, but. Um, yeah, I thought, like, that weapon was just, there was so much interesting versatility they could do with that. And then, you know, like, obviously I can't pick Green Destiny because that's just, like, the, you know, that's the one seed right. in this. That's if we're doing thing. our bracket of our weapons, so. Um, I love this stuff. Though. And, again, this is very anime-esque. Like, some of the, my favorite animes involve, like, people who are specialized in different types of weapons and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
oh, what is it? Just like they have a Seven Samurai um, uh, anime that's really good, but in the same vein, like each one has a. It's not just yeah. a katana. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I love. I, I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. Where it's just like this is my weapon and what I'm good with, and you get to see it used against other people with their weapon, and I just love that stuff. So yeah. that yeah, fight scene was cool for that. More than more than anime, Kevin, I I became familiar with most of these weapons through the Dynasty Warriors video game franchise. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. ever played any of those. Friggin' yeah. incredible and just really fun. Just button mashing, going around, slaying peasants yeah, thousands at a time. I loved those games. They were very, very fun. But um, that's that's where I sort of like became infatuated with uh, the with the um, Chinese Japanese weapons and samurai stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's All awesome. Right. <laughs> uh, cool. Anything else before we get to listener feedback, which I'm sure no, will ahead. spur more discussion? Um, um, I'm trying to look through my notes real quick to see if I have anything. Yeah. I think I've said most of the stuff that 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 it hit me again. That desert scene, I just really want to emphasize again. You know, it's not great, Bob. Uh, <laughs> that this is the love story. I mean, I get it was like 20 years ago at this point, but it is especially now watching it. Like that love story between them is <laughs> is kidnapping in Stockholm. Well, and it's yeah, weird to have the lo- that love story not start until the second half of the movie. Like we don't yes, know anything about this right. guy. I, I guess we, I think we see him up on top of the roofs, but it's kind of it's very dark. That's the other thing is there's a lot of scenes that are very dark, and um, I don't know if it's just you podcasting, Kevin, but like people talking about action movies with action scenes taking place in the dark and how it sucks. Uh, and now I'm like so tuned into that, and whenever I see it, I'm like, oh come on, do it in the daylight. Uh, do it in the daylight. Yeah. Do it in the daylight, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, we want to uh, see these fights. Yes. Um, but yeah, to have him kind of not show up until the second half of the movie, you're not really connected at all. You're like, wait, she has this secret love that she's uh, like, we didn't know anything about this for the whole movie. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, well, we'll see what the listener feedback turns up uh, as we jump into that. So Jeff writes in and says, uh, this is a tough movie to rate. Uh, I hate movies with subtitles because you have to pay so much attention to the dialogue that you end up missing things on screen. Uh, however, the scenery was fantastic and the music was good. The acting, the plot were all very good. Uh, the fighting was true to form to all those types of movies that were made in China. And uh, gravity apparently has no effect on you when you're fighting. Even though this is common for that type of movie, it was a detraction for me. So Jeff, not a fan of the uh, the high flying. Um, so I will say, A, the, you know, like, I told Jeff when he sent this, I said, you should watch every movie with caption and then you'll get better at reading and watching the movie at the same yeah, time. Exactly. Exactly. And it helps with subtitles. I will say in his defense, this movie, the subtitles go very fast. Yeah. And it, especially when you're trying to follow the slower parts, for me, it there, it was distracting. Um, and usually I do not have a problem following a movie and also following the subtitles. But especially in the beginning of this movie, I thought the subtitles were, were going mm-hmm. very fast to follow. Yeah, I, I did pause a lot in the beginning to take notes to make sure that I was getting, like, setting and people's names right and stuff like that because I didn't want to, like, mess anything up and miss anything from the subtitles. So I did. I was pausing a lot because I noticed they were going really fast. Well, and when you pause on Amazon, the pause bar covers the entire bottom of the screen. And, and it goes, you, and it goes and you, dark. And yeah, it goes and, darker. Yeah, so then you, you really have to do, like, the 10-second yeah. rewind every time you pause. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're going to miss stuff. So it, it's I think the, uh, the other thing, too, is that, you know, there is a lot of expository dialogue in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of expository dialogue. Again, it is very, uh, you know, stylistic of, of, of that type of film. So, like, it matches that. But there's so much. So I totally get where you're trying to follow, like, 
okay, this person just showed up. Who are they? Oh, they're connected to this person through this? Who's that character? Oh, we don't know that character? Oh, okay. Like, there's a lot of that stuff, and I, I do think um, that can throw you off. So I get that, but yeah, um, definitely practice makes perfect on it, right? Like, I, I prefer to watch my anime uh, with the subtitles versus dubbed, unless it's right. Dragon Ball Z, because that's how I grew up with it. But, like, that's, like... It takes practice, I think, and a lot of, like, getting used to it. Yeah, I don't even know if there is a dubbed version of this movie. Um, I mean, the dubbing, usually, you just lose so much in the performance when you listen, when you watch in dub. I mean, I, again, another show I podcasted, Dark, last year, is in German, and it was all subtitled. And there is a dubbed version, and I just feel like you would lose so much watching that show dubbed, especially because it's so, it's such a complicated show. You really need those subtitles. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not easy, and... Uh, you know, Bong Joon-ho said, what, the one-inch hurdle of subtitles, mm -hmm. but there's yeah. a whole world of cinema out there that, you know, when you can get past that, you really, there's some great movies that uh, are not Absolutely. in English. This is uh, also, just to note, this is the first non-English movie that we've covered on this podcast. Oh, I did right? not realize that. Uh, unless Sorcerer. I was trying to remember if Sorcerer, Sorcerer was subtitled. I mean, Sorcerer or... had some subtitles, but, I mean, it wasn't all subtitles. Yeah. yeah. So, um but, all um, right, uh, you're up, Brendan. All right, so uh, I, I don't know if you said Jeff gave it a three. Yeah, um, I did. Yep. Okay. Uh, Owen writes in and says, firstly, kudos to last week's recommendation of Crash Landing on You from Karen from Canada. Enjoying it four episodes in while writing this. As for this week's film, admirable, but didn't grab me. Not a martial arts film guy. Nothing to hate or argue against, but it just got nothing out of me personally. Uh, 2.5. Uh, well, just I to say, uh, I, I, I hope we can do better for a one next week, but that's yeah, um, okay. We're not going to hit every time. It's, it's yeah, exactly. It's not for everybody. It's not um, for everybody. Uh, yes, and uh, I, a couple people said that they were getting into Crash Landing on You thanks to Karen's recommendation last week. So uh, Karen did a great job. That's uh, very it really. It was really fun having her on the podcast. So. Absolutely. Um, and I do think, at least for me, I can see where Owen's coming from in the like. It's hard to connect with this movie at times. Mm -hmm. And that was why, like, at first, it, it wasn't until, like, the first big fight where I was like, yeah, all right, now we're going. But then then once I was in the, that's why, again, like, I liked it the second hour that I watched because I was more connected with the characters going back and seeing the stuff from the beginning that I just, like, was still kind of getting into the mindset for this movie. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think it is it, like I think, you know, I, I brought up earlier, it is it is hard to connect with some of it. And I think that is, again, the way the dialogue is doled out, the the shots and and how the pacing goes, you know, uh, again, if if one the director is not for you, it's not going to hit. But also, certain movies aren't going to be for everyone. I think I've talked about this mm -hmm. in everything with Super. I know everyone loves Captain America and Winter Soldier, and I do mm -hmm. as well. I yes. love 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 that movie, but I don't love it as much as other people because espionage spy films aren't my forte. Like mm -hmm. I like them but they're not like my most favorite thing. And while that mm. movie very clearly did the best version of that, if I'm not into it, it's not going to like really hit as hard. Logan, I loved, even though I like Westerns, I don't love Westerns. I thought Logan did such a phenomenal job making a Western. Um, and so it's the same thing. Like you could go into it. And if you don't like Westerns, you're not going to like Logan, you know? Mm. Yeah. And okay. so it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I, I see, you know, both Jeff and Olin saying like, I'm, I'm not really into, uh, you know, I'm not really into martial arts movies. I'm not into this type of movie. And I will say a year ago, I would have told you I'm not into Westerns. And I mm -hmm. watched, you know, like 15 over the first couple months of this year. And now like I, there's so much that you appreciate just 
seeing more of them, even if it's something you don't like right off the bat. Um, And I liked I loved Logan. Logan might have been my top movie of that year or it's in my top five of that year. And I didn't like Westerns at all at the time. And I've been meaning to go back and rewatch Logan now that I've seen Shane and some of the other movies that it it's inspired by. But haven't just haven't got back to it. I would say for Owen, give Ip Man a shot. And if you like that, there's probably a lot of martial arts movies you might like. Ip Man? Yeah. Man. All right. All right, Owen, now you got your next suggestion. Maybe it's going to come up later, Kevin. You got your crash (laughs) crash landing on you from last week. And maybe Ip Man, either maybe for a podcast or maybe just for fun, you can watch it. Uh, All right, uh, I'm up. Kyle says, uh, not having any background in the style of this film, I think that this was an accessible, westernized entry point. Having watched this when it came out, my only memory was the fight choreography. As an adult, I really appreciated the nuances of the story, especially the comic book villain-style backstory of Jade Fox that made her grievances relatable. I'd be pissed, too, if I was her. And Kyle gives it a four. <laughs> Love it. Work Kyle. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I... Uh, I do think we didn't really talk about it but you know look, we talked about how this was the first of its kind really to be popular in america and to be this big mm. hit uh, although as i was saying that i was thinking of like all the 90s you know uh teenage mutant ninja turtles and martial right. arts stuff that i was into as a kid uh but from a movie you know from an adult movie perspective that's that's probably spot on so right. um and it, it being, it being accessible is nice uh and i will bet i have not looked at our connections coming up but i will bet all the money in my bank account that there is a movie that Kyle will be suggesting. So if it comes up, I will point that out. And if it doesn't, I will just be quiet. <laughs> well, uh, Megan, Megan, the librarian writes in and says, uh, I've seen this movie before, but not since it came out. I had forgotten a lot about it. What I remembered, how beautiful it is to look at and that there are really cool fight scenes where people could actually fly. What I didn't <laughs> remember that it's an extremely sad story. And that like a number of Ang Lee's other movies, it deals with the theme of repressed emotion versus passionate emotional expression. The three main actors are all great, especially Michelle Yeoh. I often see her playing very tough characters, but this was a much softer side of her, though she's still a badass. 4.5 stars from Megan the Librarian. Oh, big hit for her. Um, this is very accurate, though. I do think Ang Lee does a lot of movies about repressed, <laughs> repressed emotions. Absolutely. Certainly, like, thinking about Brokeback. Uh, that the Ice Storm? Has anyone yeah. seen The Ice Storm? I have not, not seen that one. Yeah. Uh, Hulk, also. We're yeah. going to talk about repressed oh, emotions. So. I, I never saw that Hulk, that version of the Hulk. Uh, and I was actually talking with, hungry. I was talking with somebody the other day, and I was saying how... I could not tell you which was the Hulk, which was the Incredible Hulk. Of like, I know one. <laughs> yeah. It was because it was uh, it was last night on uh, the Fast and Furious podcast I was doing because we were talking about Tokyo Drift and the Hulk, uh, the Hulk car in, in Tokyo Drift. So <laughs> tease for that podcast. Uh, all right, uh, my turn. Stefan Johnson, not really being up to date with Asian cinema, I can't tell if this movie is good or bad. I realize that gravity doesn't exist in Chinese movies, but I'm really not digging the style. All of the best fights were on the ground. That being said, I with this. Uh, that being said, I am with this film, uh, and that had uh, more mainstream. I wish this film had more mainstream Asian westerns. Had led to more Asian. Had led to more mainstream Asian westerns. I totally there butchered the end of your email, Stefan. I'm sorry. Well, he uh, also had a typo in there, so yes. that's my bad for not catching it. But yeah, also. Yeah. It's cool. It's all right. Uh, It's okay, Stefan. If you if you want to mess with us, put typos in your note. Don't put. Yeah, absolutely. We are not Uh, perfect, and we don't edit, so our listeners know that. (laughs) 
Um, more mainstream lead, Asian westerns, yeah. It's it did lead to a bit of a boom. I, 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 because there is one that it led to, I think, directly that is on my list uh, <laughs> that we might get to. But it definitely, this this opened a gateway, I think, for a couple movies that they were trying to do and, and bring over uh, ones that existed and also, like, do more movies of that style in America because it was so successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is which is cool because again, like having having different types of movies, you know, here is is, is fantastic. I mean, it, you can even see with you know with most of our people who wrote in, like this was their first time with any movie like this was watching this one. I mean, it's the first one. It's gonna be hard to find a connection to last year's movie for this because we didn't really do anything mm-hmm. similar to it. Um, I, have, I have one for a sort of connection, but we'll we'll see. We'll get there. All right. All right. Uh, Jim writes and it says Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, despite the excellent flying effects feels so much older than it actually is. Maybe it's partly due to limitations in the translation for the captions, which feel simplistic, even for a movie that feels very much like a fairy tale. I enjoyed rewatching it, but I kept feeling like I was missing something. Jim still gives it a four out of five. Mm, Good. Yeah, Um, yeah, I did notice. I mean, I think that's just kind of with the subtitles. Sometimes you get that where Mm -hmm. they have to make it short enough to be on screen so they're going to have to yeah. cut what it you know what the translation actually is so i think that happens sometimes um also the movie is from the 19th century so it is pretty old <laughs> oh, I, it's, it's like yeah. oh it's from 2000 that was just a few years ago <laughs> nope actually somebody born on the day when this movie came out is uh either going to the bar or very soon will be going to the bar Ooh, what is happening Yikes. why would you say these things <laughs> you know what zach go back to your time loop and <laughs> yeah <laughs> Repro- be reborn. Uh, all right. So, uh, what does that give us, listener average wise, Brendan? So we're at a three point five from the listeners. Yeah. It seems like listeners were split on Jim liked the flying, Megan liked the flying, uh, Kyle seemed like he liked the flying, and then Jeff Olin and Stefan did not like the flying. Yeah. So, so. that's. I think there's a realism aspect that you're either in or you're out on types of movies like this, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like if something yeah. feels like it's too much of a, pardon the uh, turn of phrase, but a flight of fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very well you know, done. Very it can, well done. <laughs> it can be too much for some people. So. Yeah. Well, let's see if it was too much for Kevin. Kevin, what is your rating for this? I keep going between, because like, there's a lot I like and, you know, th- there's things that don't work for me. So I keep going between a 2.5 and a 3. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm ultimately, I'll land at a 3. On this one, I think. Yeah. Because uh, just talking about the cool fight scenes does remind me about all that stuff. But then the flights come in, and I'm like, right, I don't like the flight <laughs> fancy, so to speak, as, as Brendan points out. Fight scenes but, over flight scenes is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Fight yeah. scenes over flight scenes. Thank fight you. Fight or That's, flight. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> um, all right. I will go next. Um, yeah, I don't know really where to put this either. Um, I think I'm probably at a three as well, maybe a 3.5. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, wish if we did quarter stars, I'd be a three point two five. I think that'd be right there. So uh, let's we'll round mine up to three point five because I thought the fight stuff was really, really good. And um the I just didn't know if there was like the story really had much that engaged me. Although again, on a second watch, there was more that I caught. I think because I'm just I know what I can I you know, again, it makes it a little bit easier with the subtitles as well because I know what to pay attention to where. So um, I do think this movie is better on a rewatch than a first watch, although I don't know if you guys are in the same boat as me, but I, I'll give it a 3.5. You guys are both lower than I was expecting, and so are the listeners. I mean, yes, this movie has problems, 
but I still had a really good time watching it, and I think a lot of that can be forgiven, despite some of the stuff we talked about. I still think this is a really, really well-made movie, and it worked for me, like, so much so that I got really angry at the Star Wars prequels because of the plot of this movie, and I actually kind of liked the prequels, but this movie made me mad that George Lucas couldn't do in three movies what this movie did in two hours. Yep. And that's a that's a testament to what this movie, I think, does right. I mean, it got the emotion. It got the actors are all phenomenal. The action sequences are tremendous. I mean, we nitpicked a couple of things with the flying stuff, but I still think it's a four out of five. Um, So I'm going to give it a four. And... That is going to put us at a three. Hang on, hang on. Don't do your math just yet, Brennan. You uh, you made me you made me chew on it a little bit as you were talking. Oh my god! I think I was too like happening in real time. Oh no! Yeah, I was too hard on it. I was too hard on it. Okay, wait. Counterpoint. Because there's a number of like while what you said is all correct, I do think all that stuff is done by other films in this genre better. And like uh-huh. there's things I can point to to be like okay, like even Ip Man, where I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a great example of this. Once Upon a Time in China with Jet Li, phenomenal example of a story done like this. And I think, you know, if we're judging it as like the the, the entryway to bring Western audiences into that uh, style, that's great, and I, I think it did that. But that style existed, and I think there's other movies that accomplished Fair the enough. goals and the fight scenes better hence why this is like ultimately in the broader ah. context of types of films i'm like it's yeah. a three compared to Fair. like some of these other ones Fair. and if i had seen more of those films i probably would be lower on this film yeah but i have to judge this film for my experience that's very with fair. this film and its genre not the i can't judge it by the, the things, things you I haven't, haven't seen. seen right yeah you know? that's, very that's not fair stuff. to the movie yeah. so I, I, I give it a four, but I will. I'll tell you why, Kevin. I reserve the right to change that score if I experience more of these films because I have some that I'm adding to my watch list for yeah. my personal watch list. That maybe when I get to you and I will talk about, and you'll be like, "See, wasn't that better?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, it was." So there, yeah, uh, fair enough. I didn't know there was a Once Upon a Time in China, but I love Once Upon a Time in the West, so uh, I I don't know if it's it's probably not at all related, just a similar title, but... uh, I think it actually might be the Western adaptation of it. Oh, really? Oh, well, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West is uh, on my Mount Rushmore movies now, so after watching it this year. Um, All right, so I don't know. I said 3.5 originally, then I bumped to a 4, now I'm... um, I'm waffling a lot on this. I think I could land anywhere on this, but I do think I had a lot of fun during... Like, just the fun factor gives it that bump. So I'm going to go up to a four. <gasps> so, yeah. Sorry, Brenda. I think I redo your math. But <laughs> four for me. Four for me. It's, gonna be, it's still going to be a 3.5, but it's a 3.625. Ah, nice. For, so but that's going to round out to a 3.5 for Letterboxd. So yeah, there you go. cool. So either way, we're at a 3.5 for this. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, well, let's hop into connections. So last week, we watched Crazy Rich Asians. Um you know, obviously Michelle Yeoh in both movies. Yep. Uh, obviously, a wedding plays wedding. a role in both movies. Wedding, uh, wedding related shenanigans. Yes. Uh, rich fathers playing a role. Rich parents mm-hmm. playing a role in both movies. Um, I mentioned the Yellow Hill fight. Of course, the song Yellow was covered in Crazy Rich Asians, which was mm-hmm. where I got that connection to Yellow Rich, uh, <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. Um, 
Anything else that uh, either of you connected specifically to Crazy Rich Asians before we get into other movies? Yeah, I think I think, you know, the whole aspect of legacy and destiny and doing doing what you're supposed to do rather than what you want to do, you know, being with the person that your family wants you to be with for the good of your family name rather than the person you're actually in love with. I mean, that's that's a recurring theme um, through both movies. Um, you know, that's... And then, you know, people being whisked away to exotic places to fall in and, love. And uh, Chinese characters. I mean, both yeah. movies are about specifically Chinese characters. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, all Asian cast, you know, yeah. in both. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, are you have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? Oh, yes. Okay. You like uh, it? Um, Rep sweats. I gotta I gotta support where I gotta support. Yeah. Um. I, I first of all I did look this up. I just because I wanted to make the correction unless people come after me. I am incorrect. There's not an. I was. I thought once time in the West was a more modern film. I confused it with something else clearly. Uh. So uh, they're not adaptations of the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Once upon a time in China came uh, way after. Um, well, there's also Once Upon a Time in America as well, which is a yeah. like a gangster movie, um, mm. starring Robert De Niro. So, okay. which was, it was like, a, it's a, it's not a sequel to What's Upon a Time in the West, but it's in the same, like, right. uh, Bane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's the same director and the, everything like that, so. And then there's the Johnny Depp Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Mexico. Antonio Banderas. Right. And Once Upon a yeah, Time in Hollywood. Time Hollywood. Love that, love that title. Uh, that title. We did yeah. do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We did last year uh, as well. It's a lot so. of fun. Um, for connections for me, I would say, especially to Crazy Rich Asians, it is, I think, Crazy Rich Asians, and especially the the emotionality of it, right, and the conflict that exists between um, mm-hmm. between the family, is mm-hmm. again, I think, a cult that cultural connect, right? Because there's, I think, things in this movie where, and especially in certain um, Eastern cinema, that it's hard to always latch onto when you grow up with American ideals. Uh, but I think like those parts translate through, you know, like uh, how the, the the idea of like honor to your family and duty to your family versus um, you know your own personal gain and emotion, I think, is a key thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think things like that are like themes that are subtle that, that carry through very differently, obviously. But that was something where I think cultural aspects uh, versus American culture, I think, is something that comes you know across in these films. Yeah. And um, there was also some scenes where they were sitting around uh, the tea table, sitting yeah. around eating, drinking. There was a lot of food in this as well. Uh, a lot of food in Crazy Rich Asians. And then also connecting back to Meet the Parents. Um, there was the, you know, the very memorable dinner scene in Meet the Parents. The wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right, so this is the 19th movie that we've done this year in yep. season two of the Movie Ladder Podcast. We started with Young Frankenstein, Life of Brian, uh, Spartacus, Manny Shot, Liberty Valance, Philadelphia Story, My Best Friend's Wedding, Always Be My Maybe, Speed, Sorcerer, Fitzcarraldo, The Commitments, The Damned United, The Way Back, The Way Way Back, Dirty Dancing, <laughs> Mean Streets, Meet the Parents, Crazy Rich Asians. So uh, any, you know, big connections that you guys have to anything that we've covered, which, yeah. you know, Kevin, I'm not sure how many of those movies you've seen, but probably. I mean, obviously the big ones, the weddings and, the um, you know, uh, trying not to disappoint your your parents yep. are a big thing. Um, living up to legacy, um, legacy versus destiny versus, you know, doing what you want to do, um, that sort of thing. You know, it's all it's all in there. I got a good one. Yeah, uh, go for it. Choreography. So choreographed fights versus choreographed dancing and dirty dancing. There you go. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the fighting in this really was like dancing. um, Fair enough. Oh, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. I mean, well, that's the Scott Pilgrim um, thing, right? Like, they they say that, uh, I think Edgar Wright described Scott Pilgrim like a musical, except instead of singing, they fight each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. 
And so uh, for me, I would say a connection to uh, always be my maybe, right? It's the mm-hmm. the Asian led cast. I think is really key. You know, mm-hmm. like the Asian creative team behind it. I think that's always phenomenal and fantastic. And having that um, uh, come into cinema, I'm always gonna you know give a thumbs up and support to. Obviously, back to Crazy Rich Asians for that as well. But yeah. uh, one I also always remember maybe is phenomenal, and I love that movie, and it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like that one. So was that Keanu Reeves that, that uh, bridged that gap? Yeah, yeah, so like Keanu one, Reeves yeah. showing nice. up was then we did Speed. Um, and then one? we did Sorcerer. We did like a vehicle month where we did Speed, Sorcerer, and Fitzcarraldo all in a, in a row. And this month, uh, so far, we're on wedding month between Meet the Parents, Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, we had an almost wedding in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And, yep. you know, it's fitting because my mom is getting married in two weeks. So if we can just keep doing wedding movies for a couple more weeks, we'll be right there. Um I would also say connection. We talk about westerns a lot. Man who shot Liberty Balance, uh, western that we yeah. talked about early on in the year. So there's some connections there. Um, all right, Brendan, what is your movie map? So your connection to a movie yeah. that we did last year. What is your best connection? So the the biggest connection I could think of was that the pursuit of a precious object that will familiar. change someone's uh, destiny in some way, and that's Raiders of the Lost Ark basically um so i'm going back from season one i'm going back to my choreography and we did have a character who references that he's an orphan in this movie as well uh so i'm probably the first person in the world to connect crouching tiger hidden dragon to newsies but that is my connection to last year uh oh and now the world will know yeah Looking, look, looking at uh, what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast and what movies you have done previously, I would say the connection would clearly be to Groundhog's Day since you ah, yes, implied yeah. the, loop like, of yeah. the, the idea of a time loop. <laughs> right, so clearly yeah, right, right. Uh, Groundhog's Day is the connection. Yeah, right, yes. Groundhog Day or Happy Death Day as well. Yes. Uh, a murderous <laughs> uh, loop might be We, we loved Happy Death Day, Kevin. Oh, yeah, so yeah. much fun. That yeah, first yeah, one is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's so funny. so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in general, I mean... I, there are very few movies that we've disliked that we've covered, yeah, which I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to pick a movie that we're not going to like. So um, occasionally one might not land for the listeners, but for us, usually at least one of us likes the movie. Yeah. And in general, both of us are higher on in general. I mean, I just don't rate things low because I don't see things I don't think I'm going to like for the most part. Right. So, um, all right. And then uh, finally, what are we calling this one in the title description that everybody's already seen when they hit play on this podcast? My thought was Michelle Yeoh isn't getting married. That's our uh, parenthetical <laughs> title connection. Spoilers for the end of the movie. Well, no, but yeah, <laughs> at least in, in, during the plot of the movie, she's not getting she's not getting married. Uh, uh, Brendan, do you have a better one? Um, Michelle Yeoh's epic side eye. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was the connection was Michelle Yeoh, Michelle Yeoh was a badass because she was yeah. a badass in both movies. But I feel like she's, yeah. I mean, way more likable in this than she was in Crazy Rich That's Asians. That's fair. That's fair. So. All right, Kevin. Anything that you think you can you top? Uh, Michelle Yeoh is not getting married. Uh, I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of one. This is always Michelle Yeoh takes segment. flight. I don't even. <laughs> uh, Michelle, yeah. Uh, well, she doesn't fly though. In the it's everybody that's else. That's true. It's flying. only those two. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is grounded. Maybe could be. Could be. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is grounded. I love it. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she's if she's not grounded in this movie is the problem. Uh, again, uh, I know Brennan brought it up last week. Michelle Yeoh in Star Trek, uh, the show, or Discovery, uh, yeah. I think she's in. Star Trek, uh, yeah. yeah, she's fantastic. But uh, Michelle Yeoh in Tomorrow Never Dies, awesome Bond girl. Uh, very good. So, 
that gosh, was, I totally forgot. I just rewatched all the Bond movies uh, in the last couple months. So, or well, really last year. But Tomorrow Never Dies, I watched earlier this year. And um, that movie's better than you would remember. I actually liked it better than Goldeneye, which is oh. what everybody thinks is the best one. Get out of you. Okay, well. well it, Goldeneye gets the bump because the video game is so good. But the movie the itself, great, yeah. right, the movie itself is, I mean, it's, it's fine, but I, Tomorrow Never Dies is like about fake news, and it's, I mean, it's it's way more timely, so. I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That's well, a, with that, so our, uh, our what is our final score? 3.5 is our average for this one, and we're going to hop on over to the Connections section where we're going to pick our movie for next week. So we have our Connection Center from the listeners, and then we each brought Connection ideas. We'll see uh, how many of these get taken uh, by the this. listeners yeah uh when what we will be doing every week and i haven't plugged in a couple weeks but if you're looking for a movie to watch check that letterboxd watch list for the movie ladder podcast because we put every movie that's suggested onto that there. watch list and it's like 20 pages now so if you need something to watch check there there's all kinds of things that were suggested by the listeners and by us to watch so Absolutely. um all right well we'll start with jeff and his connections are Excalibur. To me, the best of the King Arthur movies. Helen Mirren is in it from 1981. Uh, Nigel Terry and Liam Neeson are also great in it. The connection is the sword. Both were tossed into the water. Both are very central to plot and both have some magical powers. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah, so I was thinking about like Sword in the Stone or something like that. So Excalibur, that's probably better than Sword in the Stone. Uh, the next one is Lord of the Rings. He just says Lord of the Rings. So are we expected to watch the entire trilogy? I'm guessing he means the entire trilogy. I mean, it is the story of a warrior who puts down his sword to pursue the love of his life. And his whole destiny is about how he has to pick up, back up that sword and save the kingdom. Wait, but that's also forgetting the whole Frodo arc. But anyway, yeah. I mean, if the whole movie was about Aragorn, it would be... It would be a great connection. So which which movie should it be? It should so be we, Return of the King. Return of the King. So all right, so we're Return of the King. All right, we're making a we're making a uh, we're saying Return of the King. It should yeah. definitely be Return. But if there's people I who haven't seen the first two, then they have to watch the whole trilogy. I think it's, so. I think it's Return. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then as next one, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Grail is the focal point of the movie and the plot, and uh, same thing with the next one, which is Maltese Falcon. Object of the central Pursuit focus. So MacGuffin. Yeah, the um, ultimate MacGuffin story. I don't feel like I don't really feel like uh, Green Destiny was really a MacGuffin. I mean, it was a precious object, but it was it was used throughout the movie. I feel like a MacGuffin has to just be saying they were chasing throughout throughout the movie. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I, I, it's they it's are not chasing the, it for a good bit, you know. Yeah, it's changing a, hands. Yeah. But it's not like the central object that drives the full, full plot of it, right? I feel like there's more in there than yeah. just that. True. I don't know. That, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Is it a MacGuffin? Tell us. Is, yeah. is it Green is, Destiny a MacGuffin? Is it Green, Green Destiny a MacGuffin? Yeah, that's our, that's our question. For the people who skipped forward to this section, I have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> all right, Olin said, Winchester 73 from 1950. Link is a weapon that is stolen and needs to be retrieved. Western starring Jimmy Stewart in a menacing role by his standards. Ooh. Next one, The Last Emperor from 1987, based around the Qing dynasty in China. As the title suggests, uh, their last emperor, best picture winner at the Oscars. Yep. Q-I-N-G, is that pronounced King? Or I would imagine so, right? But I might have butchered it. King dynasty, anybody I'm know? I'm unclear. All right. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Yeah, King. That that might be that. That probably makes more sense. All right, and then uh, finally, 1980, Private Benjamin, like Jen in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Goldie Hawn's wedding night doesn't go as planned, and she ends up training in the army as a result. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen Private Benjamin. That movie's Thank hilarious, God. though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, I am getting my bet paid off because Kyle suggested Brokeback Mountain connection. Ang Lee's other Best Picture nominee, which uh, prominently featured Love and a Mountain. Oh, yes. there you go. <laughs> um, I've never seen Brokeback Mountain, and I know Kyle wants to see it for a while. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, next one, Kung Pao Enter the Fist connection is martial <laughs> arts. This <laughs> is an idiotic movie that I find hilarious in a cult midnight viewing kind of yeah. way. Contemporary characters spliced into a 1970s kung fu film. Yep. All right. And then uh, Mulan, the cartoon, connection, Asian woman warrior. Uh, I've actually never seen it. So yep. I've never seen it either. So. Uh, no, Kyle was saying on. he's never seen it, but oh. I've also never seen it. Yeah. I've done my statement of Zach. <laughs> Stands. Uh, but also Kyle. <laughs> sure. Sure, Kyle. Yeah. Also you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely a Mulan feel in Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon when she's in the tea shop. Mm. And she fights all the guys um, that like Western-y scene. I mean, that reminds like they, they keep referring to her as a man throughout that movie. Right. I'm pretty sure Mulan helped influence this movie coming to America, I mm. think. Interesting. Um, all right. Uh, Maggie and the Librarian, Sense and Sensibility from 1995. Ang Lee's first English language movie uh, is one of the best Jane Austen adaptations. It's also got some very strong story and thematic connections to Crouching Tiger. Uh, mm. I know it seems unlikely, but it's true. I know that seems unlikely, but it's true. The next one, Hero from 2002, another visually stunning Chinese martial arts movie starring Zhang Ji. Um, I feel like Hero, whenever I see the cover, like the cover of Hero reminds me a lot of the cover of uh, Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Like, I, I always thought that they were actually connected movies. So, Is show. this where I can give a spoiler? Yes. Hero sure. is on my list. Ah, well, I, I wondered that. if that might have been one of the ones yeah. you were It's the one. It's, been, it's yeah. the movie that I think is this style, but better. Mm. Interesting. Cool. And then this uh, is another movie that came out shortly after that is going to be on my list that is considered the spiritual sequel or whatever. Heroes considered the yeah. spiritual sequel. Um, all right. And then finally, from 1989, The Killer, influential Hong Kong action movie starring Chow Young Fat, directed mm-hmm. by John Liu. I've never seen this. This is Megan. So she's never seen this, but I also have never seen it. Yeah. Uh, but Wikipedia says Wu called it a tribute to Martin Scorsese. So my interest mm-hmm. is piqued. Interesting. I like it. That will continue to be interesting. Uh, Jim, for my connection, I'm going to go with another tale of 19th century China, Bruce Lee's uh, 1972 film Fists of Fury. Mm. And uh, Jim points out it is streaming on Amazon Prime for free. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Short tangent. You know what I did? So last week we picked this movie and we said, it's streaming. It's on Stars." And Right and uh, right before that, I actually uh, unsubscribed from Stars because I don't use it, and it's nine bucks a month. And uh, then, but I knew I had like until my billing cycle expired. Well, my billing cycle expired yesterday, so had I not procrastinated watching this movie, I would not have had to pay to rent it. But then I to uh-huh. save nine dollars, I still put four bucks to rent. That's uh, amazing. Tiger. Yep, that's what I get for procrastinating. That's so. what you get. Yep. Uh, Stop. I mean, I feel like we pick a lot of Stars movies on this, but Stars, nine bucks a month for a streaming service that's not, like, the top tier just seems well, a little That's scary. why I do it through Amazon, because, I mean, I'm already getting Amazon Prime for free, so I do the Stars, and it kind of balances it out. Right, but it's still that, nine, bu- it's still it nine bucks, and you're not getting Amazon Prime you know? for free. You're paying every year for Amazon Prime. 
True, so. but I never think about that cost. <laughs> yes. That's how it they just get sort you. Of happens. That's how yeah. they get you. Once a year, you're like, oh, crap, it's 130 bucks. Uh, but I can get all my <laughs> supplies so quickly. All right, finally, Stefan, Life of Pi, uh, Ang Lee directed film about a tiger. Uh, oh, yes. And uh, next one, Rocky. The connection is Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> and Rain of Fire, Evil Dragons. Wow, Rain of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Stefan with me, definitely like the dragons. So, all right, uh, Kevin. Hopefully, the listeners didn't take all of your suggestions. They did not. Nice. All right. So, what do you got? All right. So, Hero was was one of mine, right? And the reason being, like, I think it's a style of film, but just done, in my opinion, better. I love that 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 movie. I think it's really well done. The action is phenomenal. It does have some wire work, obviously, but I think they they do it really really well in the scenes. Um, the other one is the uh, Zhang Zhi connection. Uh, the other movie that she's in that she got famous for around this exact time is, of course, Rush Hour 2. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, where, yes. Uh, yeah, she is, she's great, but that movie is also hilarious. I rewatched it again recently. Mm. I still love the first two Rush Hour films. There's obviously some jokes you're just like, mm, but Jackie Chan is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the other two, I have two more. Good. Okay. I will... I will do them in a specific order. Uh, <laughs> the other one is the anime, like we talked about the anime connection, right? The, mm-hmm. the influence of anime style. Um, somebody said Kung Pao, and I do think Kung Pao is very funny. Well, you know, in, in its own way. But there is a movie, I think, that is done in a purposefully anime style that is influenced by, um, very much clearly influenced by Asian martial arts movies, entirely Asian cast, very, very funny. So it's a comedy, and I think that's that's the key part. And has some of the most awesome fight choreography uh, of its time, and still I think stands to this day. That is a movie called Kung Fu Hustle, directed mm. by Stephen Chow, and starring Stephen Chow, and it is fantastic. Yes. Um, nice. Okay. Highly recommend that one. If even if it's not picked, I definitely suggest you guys check it out. And then the last movie is the. How mean did I want to be about this? <laughs> the last movie, the very simple connection is Chow Young-Fat. That is a tenuous connection at best. Uh, <laughs> and is the opposite of a movie like Crazy Rich Asians, which is successful because it's bringing in an all-Asian cast for a very clearly Asian-influenced movie. This is the opposite of that. This is an anime movie featuring a bunch of white people. And then, of course, oh. I'm talking about Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> Yeah. I've never even heard of Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, oh, oh, it is an adaptation of the Dragon Ball anime. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I'm, yeah, I, okay, maybe I have seen it. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, a, I haven't really followed any of the Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball nice. Z, any of that, so. Um, and hey, Chai Young Fat as a connection is a completely justifiable connection. We've done way, <laughs> way worse connections than that before. Um, and actor connection totally, totally holds up. So, all right, I'm going to go next. I'm jumping the line. Uh, first of all, there are two movies that are coming out that I wish were coming out this week because we could have yeah. connected to them. One being Shang-Chi. Uh, yeah. I feel like that would have been the perfect connection. I I don't know if there's any cast connections to this movie, but um, just Unclear. in terms of martial arts movie bre- being brought mainstream is a first time. Um, I'm assuming you were very excited for Shang-Chi. I don't know if oh, I've heard you weigh in on it. Extremely so. Yeah. Uh, also, so. because the, the, the actor in it, we just watched Kim's Convenience, which is a great uh, Canadian TV series. Um, of which he is one of the main characters, so I'm very pumped about that. Lots of actors who are in the Wong Kar Wai movies as well, which I've watched a couple of those recently. Um, uh, both Chungking Express and In the Mood for Love. 
Um, at least the villain, and I'm blanking on his name, but the villain in Shang-Chi is in both of those movies. Interesting. So uh, another movie that's coming out this summer, actually one I just heard about, but it would be a very great connection. The um, It's starring Dev Patel, and it's called Green Knight. Green Knight. Yeah. Or, yeah Green like, Knight oh, would have been, been yeah. the perfect connection, and it would have been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So bad. Um, <laughs> but can't do that one either. I just wanted to point out that there are movies coming in the future had we done yep. this movie a couple of weeks later. Adam, to your watch list. We yeah. would have had them already had yeah. things yep. not gone certain ways. True. Yes. Yeah. That's, that yep. too. Uh, all right, so the first connection I have was one that came to me before I even uh, sat down to watch this movie, and I did not know that there was going to be a wedding connection, but that also helps. Uh, it's a movie about a character named The Bride, and it's got martial arts fighting in it, and very stylistic um, movie I've seen, but I would love to go back to uh, Kill Bill, and we can decide if we want to do just Kill Bill 1 or we want to do the whole bloody affair as a double feature next week. But um, Kill Bill is my first one. If you did it, I would suggest doing the whole bloody affair. It's come up. The whole bloody affair has come up a couple just, times to do yeah. the whole thing. Um, and I've never done them like that. So that would be interesting to do. So uh, the next is another movie that's been on my watch list. Chow Young Fat is The Connection. And it's supposed mm-hmm. to be one of the great action movies of all time. That's hard boiled. Okay. Um, I know there's one scene in particular that people say is awesome. So um, nice. and I know a little bit about that, but. I was like, Bulletproof Monk, right? Yeah. yeah. A terrible, a oh, terrible man. movie. Uh, Shaolin Soccer, yes. Uh, <laughs> I feel like those came out right at the same time and both were just like, mm, not good. Oh, see, I love Shaolin Soccer. Oh, it's really? Also, like a goofy anime. This is actually the same director, Kung Fu Hustle, as Shaolin Soccer. So now I'm really curious to see where you would land on Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, man. Uh, and let's see. So I got some other ones written down. I'm going to go with Princess Bride. Um, I got Ooh, Princess I had Bride. Written down down too. Yeah. Um, and another movie that I think has come up on this podcast before, and the connection really is just the color green, and that is green <laughs> for danger. Um, it's one that we've talked about, and I had it on my watch list, and so I'll throw that on there. And I will not suggest Gemini Man just based on <laughs> it was on my list, but based on our discussion earlier, I won't. I won't do Gemini Man. Yeah. So okay, uh, we'll go. The other movie I was alluding to that I know a lot of people say is um considered the spiritual sequel to this and is slightly better in the action, but I've never actually seen it, and that's House of Flying Daggers. There's also a couple of cash connections. Um, As far as Arthurian legend goes, the one I thought of was Sword in the Stone, the Disney animated original film uh, from the 1960s, so throwing that in there. Um... With We've not done an animated movie yet, and we have we three, at least three animated movies on this list already. Yeah. So. so there's a five-hour John Woo <laughs> epic called Red Cliff, which is, it actually, it came out in two parts, and it's about the romance of the Three Kingdoms and the fall of the Han Dynasty. I really wanted to throw that in there, but I'm not going to do it, because I'm not going to, I know it's not going to get picked, yeah. but I nope. wanted people to know that I added it to my own watch list. I got After too much this to movie do because I'm searching for things. This week. <laughs> but um, I will throw in uh, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, uh, Ang Lee's film, which I have not seen but has really great reviews, uh, and I want to. And then uh, I had Life of Pi and Return of the King on my also rands. I'm going to throw in Ip Man as my final connection because I've never seen it, but I've also heard really great things. So. Is it Ip Man or is it IP Man? Ip Man. Yeah. Ip Man. All right. 
Kevin, uh, you could be like the IP man based on the things that you podcast about. <laughs> yes, Air. I am. I am the end my job. Yeah. <laughs> I am the IP man. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, Ip Man is like Donnie Yen's big movie. It's sort of like mm. uh, what brought him into mainstream um, mm. audience, knowing oh, nice. who he is. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, we have a ton of movies to pick from. So Brendan's going to read off what we have uh, suggested, and then we'll pick our final three and see where we're going next week. So we have Excalibur, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Maltese Falcon, Winchester, 73, The Last Emperor, the Private Benjamin, Brokeback Mountain, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, Mulan, The Animated, Sense and Sensibility, The Killer, Fists of Fury, Life High, where was it? Oh, I missed it. Hero, because it was blended in with the other one. Mm. Hero, The Killer, Fists of Fury, Life of Pi, Rocky, Reign of Fire, Rush Hour 2, Kung Fu Hustle, Dragon Ball Evolution, Kill Bill 1, 2, or both, Hard Boiled, <laughs> Prison, Princess Bride, I almost said Prison Break, Princess Bride, <laughs> Greed for Nature, House of Flying Daggers, Sword in the Stone, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, If Man. All right. What do we have? I get to go first, right? Yeah, Brennan, since you suggested Man. last, you get to go first, which means, Kevin, you have to pick last. Uh, so, yes, we'll see if we take I yours. Think, uh, go ahead, Brendan. I think that I want to go with... This actually sounds really good, and I'm really intrigued. I want to go with uh, the Chow Yun-Fat movie, The Killer, uh, 1989's The Killer. All right, well, if we do The Killer, Hard Boiled's just going to be on my list again next week. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, my turn. Uh, what do I want to pick? Um, I'm very intrigued by Hero, but also because the listeners were sort of split on Crouch, Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right. at least on like the style. I know it's a better version, so maybe it would be interesting to do Hero and see if it, you know, if that up. hits better. Um, I'm also thinking Brokeback Mountain would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of leaning towards Brokeback Mountain. And I know I Life of Pi has come up several times, and I've still never seen it. So yeah, I, I mean, it's good. I, I don't feel like talking about yeah. it. Fair um, enough. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at Kevin's. Dragon Ball Evolution would be very different from anything we've ever oh, covered. Yes. Um, but so with Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with Brokeback Mountain. But... So, um, although, I, I didn't stick with anything wedding-related. I don't know if there's a wedding in Brokeback Mountain. Hopefully there's a wedding in Brokeback Mountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's new for both of us, right, Brennan? Or have you seen it? I've never seen it. Okay, it's be new for both of us, which is nice. Yep. Um, let's see. Man, I'm I'm actually torn between two films. Uh I think I, I really like Kill Bill. I'm a big fan of that. Um mm-hmm. that Tarantino movie. And I think the whole Bloody Affair would be really cool to watch. But I'm also like, oh man, If Man would be fun <laughs> to have you guys yeah. check out as a modern martial arts film, relatively modern. Um yeah, if I'm choosing, and I have to say, this is completely now based uh, based on my own moral, I guess, compass. If I'm choosing between two Asian-based cinema films, I'm <laughs> going to go with the actual Asian-based film. Not so the I'd have to go with Ip Man uh, as opposed to Tarantino's influence by Asian cinema. You know All right, 100% fair. Uh, <laughs> Well, so good news for streamability. Both Brokeback Mountain and Ip Man are both on Netflix 
Also, nice. Hoopla for Ip Man. Uh, the Killer looks like it's not streaming anywhere, so you're. I don't even know if it's. We might even want to pick a different one because I don't even know if you can rent it on Amazon. Okay. Um, which I mean, if people want to send away for a fifty dollars Blu-ray, I guess they oh. could. Uh, <laughs> that looks like that might be. So yeah, who was the Killer? Was the then. Killer you, Brendan? Yeah, the Killer was me. I mean, we killer could just. Me the Killer was, the was killer me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, uh, yes. It, I mean, we can just eliminate it, or if you want to pick something else, because I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it out for something that I know won't get picked, but I do think people should see, and that's the Last Emperor. The Last Emperor. All right. Yeah, I know it's not gonna get picked over those other over these other two, but people should see the Last Emperor. All right. So if I can promote an Oscar-winning film. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the Last Emperor is streaming on Criterion Channel and HBO Max. Um. Uh, also three hours. Um, so, uh, all right. So let's see. We got Brokeback Mountain, Ip Man, and uh, Last Emperor. Three very different movies. Um, Kevin, what do you think we should do? Well, you picked Ip Man, but... I, I did. See? I did. Um, I mean, I'm not going to have to watch it again, but I am very curious about Good. where, <laughs> what your thought on Brokeback Mountain would be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They're two very different films. And it's it, like... The cultural context of, of Brokeback Mountain, I think, has shifted. And also, you know, yeah, obviously Heath Ledger being in that movie mm-hmm. um, is also really interesting. And also from Heath Ledger, you could get to Batman real quick. I'm so that's also fun. real interested if it holds up, too. Like, because culturally, a lot of the way we view yep. homosexuality just in the last 15 years has changed. Yes. So, like, yeah, yeah it doesn't uh, hold and- up. Randy Quaid is in Brokeback Mountain, so it's definitely not going to hold off. <laughs> wow, I forgot that that happened. Oh, oh my god. god. Sorry um, if it's, if he's like a big reveal at the end of the movie, but uh, yeah. as he's much the fourth listed I mean, person. Yeah, as much as I'm like, I do want everyone to watch Ip Man, if, if it's going to be an interesting movie discussion too, and I think like there's a lot of fascinating conversation that could come out of it, I guess Brokeback Mountain would be, would be an interesting choice here. I yeah. think we should watch it. All right. Uh, yeah, Brokeback Mountain it is. Streaming on Netflix. Adding, um, I am adding Ip Man to my watch list for right now. Yes, I, I did as well. Uh, and a couple of listeners have it on their watch list as well. So maybe it'll come up another time uh, and we can do it. Um, but, yes. Uh, Kevin, do you use Letterboxd at all? I don't think you do because I don't, I don't. I think I would follow you on there. You I should don't. check it out. It's the it's the best website. Uh, it's like a IMDb, it's but track it's all got social. Yeah, you can track. You put all your reviews in there. You make lists and watch lists, and uh, it's addicting. Though it's like I have it open all day long, and I'm always like adding movies and looking. You can click. It's very interactive, like much mm-hmm. more so than uh, IMDb. I'll have to check it out because, like, I've heard, I know a few people who use it and have done stuff. It'll be interesting, mm-hmm. also, to, to make my taste so public. But we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> uh, so I don't put star ratings on. I don't star rate anything. I yeah. I'm strictly thumbs up or thumbs down except for this podcast when i have to give a rating between one and five so the only (laughs) movies that i have rated on letterboxd movies we've done on this or my like all-time you know back to the future and like like 2001 future is my favorite movie (laughs) yes yes uh back to the future back to the future 2 my two favorites Um, yep i mean i love the third one i loved all of them as a trilogy obviously one and two are the the best Mm -hmm. but uh Three is so interesting because as I watched all these old westerns, there's so much that they put into three that I uh-huh. references I did mm-hmm. not pick up on. Like there's a shot str- straight out of Once Upon a Time in the West that is when they come into Hill Valley, like the overhead shot. Yeah, the overhead it's shot. The exact yeah, yeah. same shot as Once Upon a Time. I was like, oh man. Like, uh, so yeah, I, I love three as well. I've just always liked one and two better. But again, three would be one for me to go back to and check out again. 
Um, I think Brokeback Mountain actually considered like a modern day Western as well. Mm-hmm. So, Interesting. I mean, they are cowboys. Yeah. They are cowboys. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next week we're doing Brokeback Mountain streaming on Netflix. So easily to get easier than the killer to get. Um, let's see. Uh, what was I going to say? The connection there is Ang Lee movie about a mountain involving a mountain. I guess it's not about a mountain. Um, Kevin, the last thing that we like to do on this podcast is we like to talk about what is the one thing we're going to watch in the next week. So obviously you're probably going to watch more than one thing. What is the one yes. thing you're looking forward to watching this week? You're looking forward to you. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like there's so many things that I'm always constantly watching. Uh, we've been doing a Disney rewatch in my household, so we're always excited to continue doing that. Uh, we're, we are in the dark ages of Disney, so that's been a little bit rough. It's um, the dark ages. That is your uh, home on the range, your chicken little, your treasure planet. Um, yeah. uh, we just did Meet the Robinsons, which is actually, I think, an upturn from Chicken Little, which I think is one of the worst Disney films I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and so we're excited to go from there, though, because after that, it's like Princess and the Frog, Tangled. There's a lot of good stuff yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Superman 3, I'm really pumped to watch because that's going to be next on our list uh, after we're done recording our podcast about two. Um, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I mean, the stuff that I podcast about, I'm very excited to do. And we're also doing an Archer rewatch, and I love Archer. So ah, I've never nice. seen Archer. A very, very funny show for a particular type of humor. Forever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, actually, when I when we opened the show, when I talked about the best thing I watched this week, I did not even say I finished The Wire. Finally, I finished The Wire. What? Yeah. yeah that, my, you should have opened with that one. My That's biggest so blind spot for dec- <laughs> for a decade. Has, you've never seen The Wire. You lived in D.C. and you lived in you Maryland, lived in and, you never, <laughs> and you never saw The Wire. Like. I spent a ton of time in Baltimore. Yes, it, it was a took me a long time, but uh, season five not as bad as everybody said. I actually really liked a lot of season five. It's and the good. Finale's good. I, I, I think that yes, I think the finale brings it all together. I think mm-hmm. watching season five wasn't as good as some of the previous seasons, but the ending I think brought it all together really, really well. God damn, the wire so good. Anyway. I like immediately want to rewatch the wire now. Like as soon as I finished it, because it's like one of those. Now that I know where all the characters end up. I want to go back and see how they started. And because there's so many characters I couldn't connect to early on in the show that now I like, I've never finished a show and immediately been like, okay, so when can I start rewatching it? And it's taken me years to finish it the first time. So it's, it's, uh, it's so well done. I love the shifting perspective. Each, like, as I said, like, there's not a main character in The Wire besides the city. And the mm -hmm. city is the main character and the shifting perspectives of the different, like, POV of like, through the government, through the police, through it's it's really, really well done. I think why it took me so long to get through is it does it's just so dense. It feels like I mean it it I hate to call it homework, uh, you know, call back to season four of The Wire, but like it does feel like when you're watching it, like it it, it is mentally taxing more so than a lot of other things you watch it. Like if I'm watching like Falcon the Winter Soldier, I can just like sit back and watch it, especially because yeah. I'm not podcasting on it. So I don't have to, you know, catch all those little things. But when I'm watching The Wire, like you know, you gotta, you can't look at your phone at all when you're watching. That. No, it's every super shot dense. is important. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, so, but what am I looking forward to watching this week? Uh, Superman two, based on your uh, your review, I'm excited to watch that this weekend. Um, and oh, and uh, Fast Five, I'm up to Fast Five in the Fast and Furious rewatch. So I can Ooh! See uh, <laughs> hell so, yes, yeah. I do another podcast where. Uh, so that, first we did James Bond and my friend, my friend and Brendan's friend Mac. Has, he's a James Bond expert, and I had only seen like bits and pieces here and there. So we did the whole series, and it was a first watch for the most part for me, rewatch for him, millionth time rewatch for him. This time it's the reverse. So now we're doing Fast and the Furious. He's never seen any of those movies. I've seen them all multiple times. So yeah, we're up to Fast Five. I mean, yeah. Five and Six are, are the pinnacle for me. Like that's uh, Five and Seven, I would say, are the two five and six. Are Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I actually have six. Pre- uh, I have eight lower. I think I have. Um, 
max second listen, so I don't have to worry about. So I'm, I'm not telling him my ratings because I don't want to spoil them. But I have <laughs> I have five, then seven, then Hobbs and Shaw, I believe, then six, and then eight, and then wow. the other ones. Yeah. Man, see, six is high for me. Six might be my really favorite. Like oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be curious now that I've like watched them so sequentially. I think there are parts of six that probably I will like more than you know, because it's like I hadn't seen like Fast or like Fast and Furious in so long that like there's characters from that that come back that yeah, that's harder to connect to. So. Um, yeah, uh, Mac is liking these movies way more than I was expecting. Even the bad ones, yeah. he's enjoying. So I was worried yeah. he wouldn't like them. So, uh, <laughs> yes. All right, Brendan, how about you? Yeah. Uh, so I am up to Amadeus on my personal movie ladder watch, which I've never seen. I'm taking that from uh, what was the last? Uh, People versus Larry Flint. Um, I'm taking to Amadeus, same director, Milos Forman. Um, as far as TV stuff goes, uh, Bad Batch rolls on. Got to bank a couple more episodes of that before Josh and I get back together. And How many episodes behind am I on on Bad Batch if I've only watched the first one? One. Because like episode three airs on Friday. So yeah, about two three guys, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. You'll be, you'll be two behind on Friday. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So I think we're after the fourth episode, we're going to record over uh, Memorial Day weekend a little recap over the last few episodes. Um, what else is coming out? Uh, nothing I can think of right off the top of my head, but I'm sure I'll have something interesting to talk about next week. Well, of course, Brokeback Mountain, too, that we'll both yeah. be watching. So. Um, all right, cool. So lots of stuff coming up. Uh, Kevin, what were some of those movies that you said if you liked Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or even if you didn't, you want to see some better versions? I know a lot of them came up with connections, but there was Ip Man. You mentioned a whole bunch, and I just want to like, list some of those off. Um, yeah, so there's Ip Man, there's Hero. You're right, House of Flying Daggers, I would recommend. I didn't like that one as much, I think, as Hero, but it's been a while since I've seen that one. Um, Once Upon a Time in China. Uh, there's a couple of, well, of Jet Li movies. Oh, I do... It's 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 more of a kids movie, but like I do like Forbidden Kingdom a lot, um, especially if you get your Jackie Chan and uh, Jet Li fix on there. It's really fun. Mm. They have a fight scene. It's a great fight scene. Uh, definitely recommend Kung Fu Hustle, as mentioned. Um, if you're looking for just martial arts, like hands down, I think the best martial arts choreography I have seen on film, and I'm going to prerequisite to say you have to be OK with violence or else <laughs> you're going to be in trouble. Uh, the Raid. The first Raid film okay. is incredible and is by far and away the best martial arts choreography I've ever seen. The uh, fights are incredible. I just, I am in awe of that movie whenever I think yeah. about martial arts. Well, um, there Raid. is a totally different path we could have taken because I yeah. completely forgot to add that to my list. And I was thinking as I was watching, I was like, I wonder if The Raid would be a connection to this. And that was, I just didn't put it on my list. I forgot. Yeah, I was doing some research at Raid Redemption came up as a um, possible connection, but I didn't that's have That's the sequel, list. Yeah. No, the Raid Redemption is the first one. Yeah. Oh, Raid okay. Redemption is the first one. Oh, yeah. that's confusing. It uh, is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Good. Well, everybody has a full watch list of martial arts movies uh, and fun stuff. Thanks to, Ke- thanks to you, Kevin. Uh, anything else Broken you want to add? Sorry. Um, <laughs> yes. I can't believe I skipped that. Uh, yes. The Jackie Chan movie Drunken Master is a classic. Mm. and uh an incredible incredible film but then there's also an american version right isn't there like legend of the drunken master or is that the yes there's two no um crap there is two uh and now i'm trying to remember which is because one of them is really good and the other one is not great Mm -hmm. um and now i don't remember which one's which the one that ends in a warehouse fight scene that one (laughs) watch them both and you'll know which one is the good one yeah um all right cool uh anything else you want to add kevin you gave people lots of stuff to enjoy and watch and Anything else? Um, 
just my, I guess, plugs for myself. You can yeah. catch me on Post Show Recaps. Um, you know, I'm doing everything as super over there along with Mighty Ducks Game Changers. We just released for the Patreon level, and I highly recommend anyone who mm-hmm. hasn't to sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash postshowrecaps, where you will get uh, access to bonus content, including the Everything is Super Invincible special, in which we just talked about the show Invincible, um, the an- Amazon animated series. Uh, so definitely check out all that. You can find me on Twitter at Kev Mahadeo, and you can check out my website, themahadman.com, where I post some of my comic book work and some fun scripts that I uh, scripts I write for fun for comics that aren't uh, drawn yet. Maybe one day, but for now they're scripts. So take a read; you might like them. Uh, nice. And I will put that in the link for the description. I'll put the link to that in the description. Absolutely. So, um, cool, uh, Brendan. Where can people follow you? What are you doing these days? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Fitzy Brendan. Um, you can follow me on Post Show Recaps doing the Star Wars coverage with Josh and, um, you know, filling the gap between Kevin and Latanya come back for the movies next month. Um, so also, if you are a subscriber to Post Show Recaps, you can hear Josh and I and Emily Fox recap uh, a really wonderful conversation we had about the 2000, another 2000 classic, uh, almost famous for Post Show Recaps Theater. That should be dropping in the Patreon feed sometime overnight tonight. And I had a really great time uh, talking to them about Almost Famous. So now um, you can stop suggesting Almost Famous. I, yeah, exactly. I think I now have to stop. Now you've podcasted I it. have to retire Almost Famous from... I think maybe we should do what film scouting does, which is after you've recommended a film a certain amount of times, you can no longer recommend it. So... I, I think, think it's I just after no longer... you... If you've podcasted yeah. about it, I think it's retired. Right? Okay, like, that's All fair. the James Bond movies retired right. all the fast and furious movies retired uh, or soon to be retired uh yeah. mean we girls we need yeah. a special word for it but yeah the first godzilla trying to think of other movies yeah, i podcast about well. neighbors now almost famous yep almost famous that joins the graveyard <laughs> of uh find it elsewhere <laughs> find, find it elsewhere find us elsewhere yeah <laughs> kevin i'm just staring at like the cover photo on your on your website and I thought this was an actual dog, but it's a book cover with a dog on it. Um, that is my dog, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's also a book cover that I'm looking yeah. at. Like a I think if you go to the About Me section, you can see a picture of my dog. I love him dearly. Yeah, it's a, it's a picture of a picture of your dog. Yes. Uh, as well as uh, some Disney classic DVDs and some other books and journals and um, linked to poster recaps. A picture of Kevin looking very fashionable. Gotta try for the website. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Kevin. Thanks for coming. This was this is very fun. Uh, it was great to get your insight into martial arts films and Crouch Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and like the inspirations for it. Because Brendan and I uh, always good when we get a guest because then we can just be the idiots. So, uh, thank you so much for having me. This was really fantastic. I had a great time talking about this film with you guys. I uh, awesome. glad to come back um, at some point in the future. Uh, this was really fun. Um, and, good to and have again, your name in the hat. Good, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, I, I thank you for making me stay up past my bedtime to podcast with you. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm so sorry. This is so late. <laughs> no, you're good. You're it's good. eleven o'clock. Brendan can't complain. That's not that yeah. <laughs> I'm just an old man who has to go to bed early. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up for like two more hours, but Brendan's got to go to bed. So, uh, all right. Well, Where can uh, yeah. people find you on the internet, Zach? Oh, right, me. Uh, at Brooks VA, <laughs> and uh, I forgot my plugs. Uh, and I have a podcast to plug because last night we did uh, the second episode of Furious Ears Only, which is our Fast and Furious rewatch slash first watch podcast. So we did Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious, so movies three and four, and we are now into the good stuff. So uh, nice. although 
uh, Fast and Furious is actually pretty good, better than I remember. Yeah. So uh, getting into Fast Five, possibly a, just a solo Fast Five podcast, uh, just depending on schedules, or we'll be combining that with six. Just depends on Max Dad's schedule. And um, I think that's it. Maybe another podcast coming up somewhere nice. else, but uh, not yet. So, and of course, we'll be back next week with Brokeback Mountain to talk about it. And uh, looking forward to uh, getting into that as a blind watch for both of us. You can catch that on Netflix. And the connection is Angley Movie about a mountain. And we'll see you next week for it. 